Hey guys, it's Eric. Just wanted to get ahead of the episode and let you know this is a trigger warning for uh, religious abuse and there is a brief mention of sexual assault along with the intro being a bunch of priest jokes. So if you're not into that kind of thing, I would say fast forward about three minutes and you should be good. All right, so boy goes into the back room at church finds the priest masturbating. Ugh. And the uh. boy says, what are you doing? And he says, well, I'm jerking off. And someday soon, you're going to be doing it. And he goes, well, why do you say that, Father? And he goes, well, my hand is getting tired. Uh. <laughs> what a way to start it. All right. What type of meat do priests eat on Good Friday? No. No. <sighs> None. <laughs> uh, okay. okay that was kind of fun that, <laughs> that one's fun this that is like a, a little goofy, whimsical i kind of know like... it's not harmful <laughs> yeah i kind of like that one all right put on your put on your seatbelts. okay click 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 a priest and a nun are running out of a burning church and a priest says what about the children and the nun says fuck the children and the priest says do you think we'll have time uh, <laughs> uh... <laughs> All right, I knew what I knew what road we were going to be traveling down for this one. All right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. give me, give me, give me your next, give me your best one. Well, I can't handle more than one more. We, we get two. You get two more. <laughs> okay, okay. Why do priests like playing the violin? Why they get to finger a minor? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not funny. <laughs> a minor. I, I it's not funny. It's not. Do you know what a reverse exorcism is? Mm. <laughs> no. That's where you call a devil to pull a priest out of your child. No. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go find some rim shot audio to put in between these. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Welcome to the Devil's Cut Podcast. Uh, it's your host, Matt Young, here with my co-host, Eric Rossi. How you doing, Eric? Hello, hello. And we're here with special guest this week, a spooky fiance, Heather. Hello. That's my spooky fiance, not Eric's spooky fiance. <laughs> How are you doing today, Heather? Can't complain. No, good, good. Yeah. Uh, so we're here this week, uh, our second episode of the new year. And we had a really successful first outing with Megan last week, so we thought we'd bring it down a notch. Uh, <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> For sure. Um, th- <laughs> this week we're talking about Pray for the Devil. This was a 2022, a late 2022 release. Um, I don't have the exact date for when it came out, but it was what? It came out in December, January? I'm pretty pretty sure it was December. December. So December 2022, 
directed by Daniel Stam, who uh, I don't really, he's directed a bunch of like, he's directed like one episode of lots of like horror shows like The Walking Dead and I think The Strain shows like that. So, directed by Daniel Stam, writing by Robert Zappia, Earl Richie Jones, and Todd Jones. Uh, so far this year, just to scroll down, has uh, the, I think the gross worldwide, if IMDb is to be believed, is uh, this movie made $44 million. What? Which, uh, what? Forty? Yeah, $44 million worldwide, which is why, if you'll recall, uh, listeners who have been with us for a bit have uh, they'll recall that was on our that's why this movie made it to the top of the the year-end list in our like end of the year episode when we we covered the box office listings yeah it was like one of the top 10 highest grossing for the year 44 fucking million that's yeah it was uh it actually between us and canada made almost just shy of 20 million and then it made up the rest uh you know worldwide but ooh pretty oh that's unfortunate pretty high high numbers for a uh uh you know it was a movie um <laughs> uh-huh. so let's see uh, as far as the uh the rest of the credits go we have this movie stars Jacqueline Byers who I looked up is pretty much in nothing that you would know uh listeners she plays Anne, the main character. We have Christian Navarro as Father Dante. He would be probably most known for his role in 13 Reasons Why. Mm. Uh, another main character, Natalie, played by Posey Tyler or Posey Taylor. Uh, this was her literally the little girl in the movie, her only movie role or only role ever. This is her first thing. Oof. And uh, I think the I think the most well known. Well, all right, second most well known. Uh, actor in this movie would be uh, Colin Salmon as Father Quinn. We would know him as the guy who got turned into fun little cubes in the first uh, Resident Evil movie. Oh, he was in that shit. He's the la- he's the guy who gets lasered into little tiny meat cubes. Which one? Uh, the first Resident Evil. No, which? Oh, Doctor Father Quinn. The 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 uh uh he's oh, the the main oh. the main like father that we deal yes, with the teacher the teacher. Um, okay, but I think the most well-known person in this movie weirdly enough for horror fans at least would be virginia madsen who plays dr peters the psychologist we know her as helen from Candyman. she's the main character in the first Candyman movie she's also apparently in the haunting connecticut yeah she's in a lot of stuff but uh she's our she she's our horror uh (laughs) og in this movie Uh, she doesn't get much play here but you know what are you gonna do (laughs) she's the only enjoyable character i think every other character in this movie is just a terrible person (laughs) well no i liked i think jacqueline byers i think the main actress in this movie does a really good job with what she's given i think i think under different direction she she could have done some cool things i think they all delivered a decent performance i just think the person like the character as a person oh they're all terrible That's fair. Let me pull up. I have just one last section. I have the the IMDb trivia section. Oh, boy. So this film was originally titled The Devil's Light, but was later changed to Pray for the Devil, which... Better name, still bad name. Bad name. (laughs) uh, Bad all around. (laughs) Um, 
Ben Cross, the actor who played the Cardinal in the movie briefly, mm-hmm. unfortunately died of cancer a like a week after uh, wrapping up the filming of this movie. Oh, sad. Um, so uh, rest in peace, Ben Cross. It's a shame that this movie gave him cancer. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> Heavy. <laughs> um, Koina Ruseva is the actress who plays Anne's mom in this movie. This was her f- uh, second American film ever. Hmm. Uh, and that's all the trivia. Bam. That's it. Real real quick se- uh, real quick trivia section for IMDb. They didn't have much to say about this movie, which is understandable. Hmm. Yeah. Um who I got plenty to say about uh, this one. <laughs> well, all right. Let's give let's let's give our spoiler-free um th- thoughts on this. But why don't we let um why don't let Spooky Fiance Heather uh take the take the lead this time? Oh. Absolutely. Ladies first. Oh boy. Okay. Um not good. <laughs> <laughs> not good i also found myself contemplating i have no idea w- when this is supposed to take place uh, it like, says it in the beginning does it though mm, yes no it doesn't it doesn't i'm looking at it right now <laughs> it it does it does tell yeah. me then what yeah. is it there is a um there's like a text scroll at the beginning there, there is yeah there's a little scroll at the beginning after the initial scene with um Anne and her mother. Okay. Okay. So when does it take place? Um, it takes place in. Hold on. Hold. Twenty eighteen. Oh, well, I think that was a mistake. <laughs> 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 uh, and I just, I don't know. Um, just a strange, strange concept. Uh, without giving too much away, you know, because we're we're trying to do spoiler free. It just like felt very out of everything felt very out of place and some of it was just very old and some of it was like high tech and modern and i was very confused by it um yo oh high tech is a hundred there are more like animatronic doors yes like that have like airtight gaskets and like (laughs) keypads i'm like what the fuck that's why i I didn't understand when this was supposed to be happening I was like, is this dystopian? I'm confused. I don't think I don't think animatronic doors is what you were looking for, Eric, <laughs> because now I'm just ima- imagining a door that like is like, oh, would you like to come into the door today? Uh, okay, maybe um, uh, 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 it's just they're like fucking airlock doors. They're like space they they're doors. Like, they're like pandemic doors. All right, so I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna be the. Uh, like it, the devil's advocate. Are you going to carry the banner? Yeah. N- n- I don't think this is a good movie, <laughs> but I think this movie has a lot of really good ideas and I will, I will try my best to defend it. But you know, for, for, for all the listeners out there who've been with us, you know, we, this is probably our first movie that we really are going to like really shit on. Um, Sorry. cause up until now we've, We've pretty much covered mostly good stuff, luckily. Uh, we've covered a lot of stuff that we like. That's the thing. Like, we haven't come across mm. anything that we've, like, intentionally set out to cover that we were like, oh, this is going to be a stinker. True. But even the things that we, like, went into, we were like, we're going to cover this, all ended up being good whether, because we were going to cover them whether or not they were good, yeah. you know? They just all happened to be good. But, yeah, this is the first one we were like, oh, let's watch this one. You know, it's a holdover from 2022. We'll check it out. Heather is kind of a big fan of 
the the exorcism. Oh yes, uh, this is my genre of of horror movie is paranormal exorcisms, supernatural. I don't do the gore. That is for these two. (laughs) Those two exclusively watch those and enjoy them. Not Um, exclusively. I mean, like if you're trying to watch something for fun, the two of you, it's usually something like that. Yeah, we have a we have a type. You have a type. If I'm browsing, I do try to find the the least uh, comforting movie I can find. Yes, that is why I am here. This is my type of movie, although this is not a good representation. Yeah, of my, we were really hoping my kind of movie. <laughs> we were really hoping that this would be a good one for Heather, because uh, it's like her. Like I said, it's her. It's her type of film. You know, she's really into the the these types of movies, uh, and there are good examples of them. You know, it'll be a holdout. We'll bring Heather back for the Exorcist twenty twenty three. Oh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we'll bring we'll yes. we'll, we'll bring you in for that one. Yes. Uh, and, and we'll we can compare. We can be like, so how does the Exorcist compare to? Uh, I don't know that you want to do that. For the devil. I don't know that you want to do that. <laughs> but but. Um, so for me, I I, I thought this movie was it, it's it's a reluctant not recommend. I, I wanted to like it. I think it's got some cool ideas, but I I just don't think the movie really at the end of the day gels. You know, it just the, the, it has lots of different like parts that just don't ever all come together. And it's just yeah, like, the pacing was the writing was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're definitely going to get into it. But that, yeah. that's my opinion is I think it tried a lot of stuff. It, it, it just didn't come together. But I give it I, I give I give it props. It, it, it You know, there's some there's some cool stuff. Uh, but I don't think as a whole it wor- it works. I don't think it's a working movie. <laughs> What about you? What would it be you, Eric? So it's like, it's no, it's no spoiler. Like the trailer will tell you like the whole plot of the movie is supposed to be around the first female exorcist, right? Because the rites of exorcism are reserved for priests, male, you know, figures within the Catholic church. And it never really like digs into the like gen the actual reasoning behind like gender roles within the church it's just kind of like well you can't do it because you're a girl and she's like good fucking luck stopping me (laughs) yeah it's like it does it doesn't really like try to break the mold it's like you have one girl who's like really uh i guess good at this for no reason and even at that it's not it just it poses a lot of like questions that it never actually delivers on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree. So so that's one of my main gripes with the movie is that this movie just doesn't it it has a lot of like things it seems like it's trying to say, but it never commits to any theme ever. <laughs> if they were trying to make a movie about like the first female exorcist, you know, they really failed at it because like like narratively yes she is the first female exorcist but like there is no like weight behind it at all like they barely like they they bring it up here and there but there's no like they, they never make it seem like that's what this is the story of like there's it's just yeah. this movie is just kind of like grasping at like it's almost like a first draft. Yes. This, this whole movie is like yes. a first draft movie, you know, where it's like somebody wrote, like they had a, a bunch of different ideas and no editor ever 
was like maybe we should like dial in on one theme i don't know this movie to me just like screams like 2009 to 2013 Ooh, it does. like oh it, yeah it, it's just like we're gonna make a movie that like the idea of it is scary and the idea is interesting but like we're just going to like unload every single trope in the genre into one movie and just hope that that gels everything together because it worked for somebody else it'll work for us and it doesn't (laughs) oh yeah biggest thing of all i mean like everybody raised their hands with their voice you know was this movie scary absolutely not (laughs) no No. not even like not even a little bit i feel like i I was bored at some time (laughs) heather we we were watching this movie and i knew I, cause you know, we, me, me and me and Heather have been together for like 10 years now. I, I know when she has like <laughs> mentally checked out of a movie, you know? <laughs> and so there was just like, there hit a point in this movie where like the characters were trying their best to make us all very invested. And Heather was just like, whoop, right on out of this movie. <laughs> she's just, she's just like, listen, I did my best. I didn't grab my phone. I didn't. Because Matt does not like when we're watching something and I do something else while we're watching it. I I tried. I fought it. I, I fought it so hard. But she I was, was checked out. She was right on out of there. And like for me to be checked out of an hour and a half movie. Is, oh, yeah. That's the sad. Thing. This movie is what? 90 minutes? Yes. Quick. This is like a 90, 70 minute movie. It felt like a three hour movie. <laughs> I was like, how long has it been? We paused at some point for, I think, oh, never mind. We don't need to go into it. We, pa- we paused the movie. That's all that needs to be said. <laughs> it, that sounds, listen, I spilled something. It was, it was, it was a dirty. big mess. <laughs> you were so big. It was so ominous. I was like, what the fuck happened? I know. I saw it going downhill yeah. from there. I was like, I have now I have to explain. I spilled something. It was a mess. We had to clean it up. So. I might just edit it out just so it's vague and mysterious. <laughs> you can if you would like. You know what? Dealer's choice on the editing. Right? Yeah, you're you're editing. You, you but, uh, choose. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, we paused it and I was like, "How much is left?" And I was like, "We're only halfway through." Wait, it's only an hour and a half. And I was like, "Oh, oh no." Mm-mm. Yeah, we. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one, this one dragged on upon first viewing. I watched it a second time this afternoon. It, it went by a little more swiftly, but just the watching it first time, I was like, when is this over? Yeah, it also kind of just like, I don't want to say starts at a 10 because n- never gets to a 10, but it like starts immediately with things happening to the point where I never really knew where the uh, climax of that was supposed to be. Yes. The height of it all. So I was just like, I don't know what part of the movie we're in. Did we hit the turning point? <laughs> where are we? <laughs> yeah, there, there's a pretty, uh, there, there is like, this movie has such an obvious like twist that I, like I almost just wanted to like throw myself out the window when they were like, aren't you shocked? Here's the thing. <laughs> I, th- again, this movie is just like trope next scene trope next scene trope next mm. scene trope so like by the time it gets to the you know 
big twist where everything puts gets put together. I didn't see it coming because I was like, there's no fucking way. There's no <laughs> way in a million years you're selling me on this. Like, no. Yeah, you know what this movie would have fit great in as a CW pilot? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, this would have been a great, like... If you were like, don't Rest y'all miss Supernatural? Well, why don't you check out our new show, Pray for the Devil? Here's an extended pilot. Like, <laughs> then <laughs> then I would be super in. Because, you know, I don't hold, like, a CW show to the same standards, right? Like, yeah. I watched 13 seasons of Supernatural. Clearly, I have no taste. Like, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Don't Fuck. don't do supernatural <laughs> dirty like that. Like you know, like the, I'm clearly Dang. willing to let a lot of bad will just like go right over my head. You know, like so if if they showed this to me on uh, on a TV network, I would have been like, okay, let's see where it goes. But as just a one off, you know, uh, theater experience or you know, couch experience, if you rented it through Amazon Prime like we did. Then like I'm sorry, it's just not doing it for me. I, no. I can why I could have spent that five dollars on way better movies. You could have spent that on five better exorcism movies that came out this year. Excuse me, last year. Yeah, mm. I could have spent no money and just went to Shutter. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, but uh, well, yeah. All right, so th- there you all have it. That's you know, there's our like kind of like. Uh, very biased but unspoilery reviews of the movie. This is a this is a, a hard a hard pass, I think, for most of us, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. That being said, stick around because it's gonna be fucking funny. <laughs> stick around and listen to yes. us rag on it. Also, you know, don't let us stop you from watching it. I mean, you might like it, and you know what? It, it that's fine. If you like it, it's totally fine. Because, like I said. At the beginning of my statement, I think this movie has a lot of cool ideas. It just doesn't really, for me, capitalize on them. But if you like it, that's totally cool. Just let us rag on it for a while, have a laugh, you know, uh, and don't feel too bad. If if you like it and and we don't, no big deal. Just, you know, we, we're it's okay. <laughs> but uh, let's, uh, you, you want to give everyone, this is the official warning? This is the time. You know, this is the cutoff. If, if you're going to watch this movie, watch it now and come back. Uh, but uh, we're 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 getting we're getting into it. Roll the transition. So we start the movie. Uh, it, it's like a quick little like zoom in opening shot of like a creepy door from like a house that clearly nobody ever actually lived in. Um, we get a shot of like a little girl who is our main character Anne. This is a flashback scene. Uh, and she's, uh, who looks, the, the, they did like a really bad job of matching actresses. Usually movies, like, yeah. you know, I, I, I tend to like be really impressed when you can match a child actor to their adult version, you know? Uh, this movie did not do a good job. No, the, the younger version of her had like a totally different hair type. Sorry, as <laughs> pointing that out as a, as a woman, but like, she had like crazy curly hair and like older Anne had like, much straighter hair. I don't know. I mean, Jacqueline I guess. Byers. I, then they just didn't. Didn't they have different colored eyes? Almost? Yeah, it's, I, it's it's all not, over the place. It's not good. I, I gotta look and the, see if they have different colored eyes now. That's so yeah, funny. It, I think that they do. Immediate, immediately, I you know, it's hard to even tell out of the gate that like this is supposed to be a flashback of the same woman, but you kind of just through context clues you get it. So we get 
our main character Anne. It's a flashback of her as a child. Her like you, he, she hears like a creepy voice like calling to her from beyond beyond the door. Uh, turns out it's her mom. Uh, She's like doing who, the Lord's prayer over her bed. You get a cool scene because like cause you hear the like the bang on the door and you think it's somebody like knocking at the door really hard. But then at some point it cuts to like the mom and her like hands are like on the walls to the side and she's just like rapid fire yeah. smashing her face against the door like like and I I have to imagine they filmed it and like in the movie they play it at like 1.5 speed because she's moving like just fast enough for it to be really unsettling uh, mm-hmm. and I think this is an example of sometimes this movie does really cool things. No, I agree. There were a couple things that I was like, ah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, like enough, there's like enough unsettling stuff where you're like, okay, I, you know, there's potential here. What, what, what do you have to say? Eric sounded like the rapid fire head knocks to the doorway. I was like, ah, we've, we've, we've done this one. We've seen, we've this seen one. it. We've seen, we've this seen it. Well, yeah, we've that's seen your first, it. But... That's your first trope. Oh, trust me. It's still unsettling. Me. Yeah. We're going to, I've got things to say about stuff we've seen before in these types of movies. But yeah, so we get this kind of like opening scene, the, you know, kind of the music overtakes us and then it's like fades to black. Then we cut to modern day. We've got Anne. She's dressed in her uh, her nun's habit and, and outfit. She's having an interview with a psychologist who, uh, where they're kind of like talking about her past traumas. You know? Yeah. She mentions that uh, all of all all of the staff goes through these sessions. They're mandatory. It, it must be some sort of like you know therapy session. Yeah. It, it's it's like almost like when like police officers you know have to go through like or in in TV shows because I don't know if this is an actual thing in real life, but in TV shows like in CSI or whatever, anytime a character kills somebody, there's like th- a three episode arc. Where they have to like <laughs> talk to a therapist, you know, it's like one of those scenes. Uh, and this is where we find out, you know, it, they, they have a dialogue. Um, but after that, we get like these title, or not title cards, but like these. What is the what is the term for just well, like a? She says her mom's schizophrenic. She's like, all right, well, my mom mm-hmm. had issues. You know, she was nice to me, she was loving to me, but also there's this other side of her where sometimes she wasn't. Oh no, she says you're the the doctor says to Anne. Your your mother was diagnosed as schizophrenic, and she goes, "Yes, but even when I even then I knew it was something more, mm-hmm. you know." But then she says, "She's like it was it was the voice," and this is the my first gripe with this movie <laughs> is this thing where they're like focused on calling it the voice, and I'm like, "Is the voice a demon? Is it the demon? Like, are you talking about Lucifer? You know, like this movie never like commits to like what? It, yeah, because what like we're typically." Typically, you know, somebody in these movies, I can't say this is, you know, for real, but in these movies, it's like if someone is, you know, possessed by a demon or is haunted by a specific demon, it is just that a specific demon like Beelzebub or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, usually they have one demon that follows them around and that's their demon that they have to. Like that's like a huge major part of exorcisms (laughs) is the name. Yeah. You need to identify who you're dealing with. And like they even kind of talk about it in this movie, how important it is to like pay attention to your partner and pay attention to the person you're exercising. And like Mm -hmm. they, it, it's like if somebody watch 
if somebody told somebody what an exorcism was that had never really seen one, and then these people were like, we'll make an entire movie. (laughs) You miss, like, some major, like, key elements of an exorcism in this movie. Yeah, they have the other elements of it with, like, you know, like, the demon knowing, you know, very personal things about said person who's being, you know, haunted by by it and uh all sorts of things like that like they have the other factors but they're missing the biggest one which is the name like like you said like the name is so important and calling it the voice like like i thought it would be the voice until we figured out who this was and that never changed and then i was like well now now i'm confused (laughs) Yeah, because now I don't know, as as Matt was saying, now I don't know who we're talking about. Is this is this Lucifer? Is this a specific demon? Is it Crowley? (laughs) (laughs) Who is it? Um, Yeah. So (laughs) we (laughs) so then we cut to a we, we have this conversation and in this therapist have this conversation. We cut to a uh, sort of like infographic thing says that says like, oh, 1835 AD, the Vatican establishes a school in Rome to train its priests in the rite of exorcism. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, we know that one. But then it goes, 2018 AD, reports of demonic possession reach unprecedented numbers globally. The Vatican responds by opening exorcism schools outside of Rome for the first time. So this is- This lore was lost on me, by the way. That's the thing. This movie never- (laughs) Never fucking talks about it. I didn't even, I didn't even register that until you told it to me right now. The funny that part lore is, is lost on me. This part is real. In 2018, they did the Vatican did put out a statement where they're like, "Hey, we have a limited amount of people who are trained and certified to do exorcisms. We are getting inundated by people who think Damn. that they're possessed." And we need to up the ante. We need to combat this threat. Um, first of all, it's a load of horseshit. <laughs> That's crazy, though. That's crazy that they, in 2018, they would do this. Yes. they. All right. So the, the text says, uh, it, you know, they're opening exorcism schools outside of Rome for the first time. I got news. They did not put one in Boston. <laughs> they did not put one in Boston, Massachusetts. Where this takes yeah. place, where this school is. Yeah, so this this movie takes place in Boston, where there is like a gigantic, it's like a government building. This thing is fucking huge. Are you kidding me? The state of Massachusetts would never. <laughs> well, honestly, that would be a great place. You know, if you're going to, you know, yeah, but Massachusetts is a great place to put your demon slaying school. Boston is... Boston is home of Ivy League schools. You think that the people of Massachusetts would <laughs> oh. be like, yeah, put an exorcism school in. It's fine. Boston is very Catholic. You have to remember, like, Boston is an extremely Catholic city. True. It's true. It's true. I think they would do it. But, like, <laughs> it's just, they are, like, you know, they're establishing a a sort of, like, lore to this movie right off the bat that, like, I wish they delved into more in this, like, because I think a, like, a, if the movie, if the premise of the movie was like, listen, suddenly in 2018, 
everybody notices that there's demons. Like, the government has acknowledged demons. Like, demons are a thing. Like, if that was, like, the plot of the movie, and we were dealing with, like, a world that has is sort of coming to terms with the existence of, like, demonic possession like that that's like something i can like grab onto, right yeah like, that that's would have been cool. interesting what you're asking for is a catholic superhero movie and kind it of. kind of is a catholic superhero movie it's just yeah, it not, is it's, it's just a very small <laughs> scale it's like the first it's, one of a series like it, this feels like the very first x-men movie yes ah. this really does this is like oh the x-men God. first class why? of, of why does that movies. resonate <laughs> <laughs> because it is you've just opened my eyes after this text scroll we get to the we see you know a shot of the building it's this huge fucking campus uh, like right it's gigantic. It is. It's like it's like Xavier's school for gifted <laughs> uh, fucking demonologists. I was, you know, while watching it, I was like, this reminds me of something. Maybe it was this all yeah, along. It reminds you of the X Men, your most hated property. <laughs> great, just great. Also, they were they 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 this takes place in the Saint Michael the Archangel <laughs> School of Exorcism, which is like the fucking coolest place you could ever go to school. <laughs> just name wise. It sounds awesome. You know, and now that you're saying it this way, I was going to wait for a good moment to talk about this, but I, this is fine. They talk about fighting demons like they're fighting battles often oh, in this movie. Yeah, that, that, the language around the subject is always like poised in, in like a, a battle scenario. It's always like a sword war, a and struggle. shield. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but this movie, the, the the people in this movie, the priests and the nuns in this movie, talk about fighting demons, like like Heather said, as if they're fighting battles, but in the same way that, like, high school football coaches talk about fighting battles <laughs> and football games, you know? Like, it's, they, they, they have, like, the same kind of vibe in this movie, where yeah. it's like, we gotta win the big game. <laughs> yeah. We can't let the Satans do it. Those fucking East Stroudsburg Satans, we can't let them win. <laughs> yeah, and that just all felt real cheesy to me. So we get this big sweeping shot of uh, of the St. Michael's Academy. Our main character, Deborah, or, or Deborah is the actress, but the main character, Anne, she like walks in, it's raining, you know, she, it's like, oh, Look how like normal of a nun she is. She's like just in a in her regular old people outfit and her hair's wet. Like, see how relatable she is? Like this movie tries to be like Oh yeah. Look how normal nuns are. Yeah, and there's like scenes where they're like smoking and drinking together, like yeah, her and the yeah. priest, like buddy buddy. Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh she walks into the school, you know, uh, she walks past like this really cool statue of like the Archangel Michael stabbing this goofy demon in the head. Oh, that, we that see is a lot my favorite statue. <laughs> I want it in my house. <laughs> Why is the statue wearing like a leather harness? I don't. Know. What is that? <laughs> you have to equip your statues. It's <laughs> yes. Oh my god! And that goofy looking demon. Oh, it's yeah. Good. We see that demon so many times in the movie. It's really it. I love it. It was Every like their we prized uh, set piece, but like it didn't translate well. <laughs> she as she's like moving through the building. Uh, there's a a priest who leads a bunch of other guys like down into some spooky cellar as they're talking about exorcisms and stuff. And she's like clearly intrigued. Yeah. That's Colin Salmon. He's father Quinn. He's like the, he's like the guy, the head, the, like the big, big time 
like priest that like knows all the shit right um she she walks through the campus she sees him he's leading a bunch of priests down her i think her first class is with dr peters um yes where she's dr peters is talking about the reality of the psychology of everything and Anne is like oh do you just not believe in um uh possession she brings up the Spanish Inquisition and, like, how the church is responsible for, like, tons of torture and death and, like, just rampant pillaging across the the earth. And, uh... It, the earth. Uh, and she's talking in a way that's kind of, like, erring on the side of, like, see what all these morons did? They're killing innocent people. They're drowning women across the world. Like, this is not how you do it. And our main character is, like, of course, the rebellious student. And she kind of asks her, like, of course, are you posing the idea that you do not believe in any legitimate possessions at all? Right. And and to be fair, the doctor says, I've been here long enough that, like, you know, I've seen things that I can't explain. So I'll just leave it at that. Uh, here's, she shows us our baptism well. So, like, the building that they're in was this, uh, oh, built yeah. on a, an existing structure from, like, the 18th century. And they allegedly have this well underneath the building <laughs> where they used to take these women and, uh, I guess, do, like, ritual baptisms uh, in an attempt to exercise these people. And they just drowned a whole bunch of women. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Mm. Pretty, pretty typical of the church. Yeah, it seems par for the course. Yeah. Uh, after that, we have like kind of a, a few scenes of Anne um, kind of doing her rounds as a sort of like nun slash nurse, you know, where she's like attending to a couple different patients. There's like an older guy that she like feeds applesauce and is like really into the fact that she figured out he likes applesauce. Here's here's where we get our like wicked high tech uh like oh my god rooms. yeah yeah she, like, goes down this hall as she's like administering so uh treatments and she's like headed towards a specific room but like all of the rooms are like key card locked with like sliding doors and all of them have these like ipads on the outside of the door that show you two different views of the room at all times. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and it's like, like a door I, I, and I, another I, door. There's like four doors. And I and definitely understand the level of preparation. <laughs> like it makes sense. But also the fact that this is like 2018 and just like the like it, it just there's there was never there still is no single place that is like this <laughs> no <laughs> this doesn't exist it's just crazy that they were like yeah you know this is how it is when the world accepts that there's demons i i can't even imagine where the like where this location is that they filmed this that would have like the infrastructure available <laughs> right yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's so weird it's such that this is why i was confused about when this was occurring because I was like, this building is high tech, but the basement has a creepy baptism well with drowned <laughs> like women. Dungeon, a straight up dungeon. Then like <laughs> later on, we'll talk about it. But she's like doing research. And we're looking at back at things like from like, oh, don't even get me way back when. And I'm like, I'm so lost. This building also has like four sub basements, right? So it has like your initial floor with that goofy statue with the leather harness and then you have like a <laughs> sub basement where all of the uh i guess patients are or mm -hmm. victims and then uh <laughs> you have uh your 
sub-basement two, and then there's your third sub-basement where the well is. It's just like this building just goes down forever. Yeah, it's just a, a pit. The pit. But we're we're attending to our, our first victim, this like seemingly almost like comatose old man. Yeah, she uh and and feeds like some applesauce to this guy and he's like Oh, I like the applesauce. Do you, she has a little cute little line where she's like, ah, you like the applesauce. Huh? I really like this actress because she like sells like mundane, like stupid lines convincingly, you know, because like the writing, I don't know if this was like kind of like ad lib sort of, you know, just like off the cuff acting or if that was like, you know, in the writing. But like she does a really good job of making her lines feel very natural yeah, well, she talks like like you or I would talk in a situation like yeah, like it, she's just very grounded. Yeah, I, I like I like the, the this this main actress a lot. I, I think she did a really good job with what she was given. Props to her, really. Like I, I I think you know she's definitely one of the reasons to watch the movie if you have to absolutely watch it. But uh, so she's you know Anne is you know, doing her her rounds. Eventually, we get to the point where she has to attend to. A newer patient named Natalie. Natalie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's like the psychologist is in there along with a couple priests. But she comes in. She uh, has a conversation with Natalie. Natalie's drawing like some pictures. She draws like this really shitty picture of uh, <laughs> of what I also thought was a dog or, or a bear or something. Uh, I and, thought it was and, like a <laughs> caterpillar dog. Yeah, like thing. a hungry caterpillar yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. And then uh, Anna's like, oh, it, it, I like your drawing of a, your dog. And the girl's like, it's a train. And she's like, <laughs> and then goes, but it has a tail. <laughs> Which I thought was like some really funny dialogue because it was like whoever they actually had to draw this thing was. Uh, <laughs> you exactly don't know that that wasn't ambiguous. that uh, Natalie's real drawing. No, this was clearly one of those things where they paid like an adult. They paid a grown adult to make it. They did not pay. They did not pay. An intern was made to draw this uh, six-year-old's drawing. Yeah, it was definitely one of those situations. Hey, intern, draw this. Draw a cat bus. Draw a cat bus. Draw a Miyazaki cat bus as best as you can remember. (laughs) Wait, can we talk about her symptoms for a second? Uh, this is this, this <laughs> the psychologist is in here with these two priests and she's talking to him about like, okay, so she's exhibiting X, Y, Z. Uh, she goes through her uh, <laughs> symptoms and she goes, she has muscle spasms, incontinence, and hyper sal- salivization. I can't even say it. Saliviz- salivization? Yeah. So she's got extra spit? Like <laughs> What? Yeah, she's just she's drooling the place. She's just drooling everywhere. She drools everywhere. Uh, she she can't control where she poops. Oh God! And uh, you know, I've just never heard of anyone possessed who's like, oh man, they're drooling like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this That's movie, fair. I <laughs> this movie kind of does that a lot. Where it's like, I don't is that a thing? Oh, yeah, they made up a lot of, like, random ailments a possessed person would have. (laughs) I mean, maybe they didn't, but, like, it feels, this movie feels very, like, I've heard about exorcisms, let me write about it. 
Yeah, yeah. that's what I was saying before. Like, I, it, it feels like somebody w- like heard secondhand about what an exorcism was, and they were like, oh, I can write a whole movie about this without doing any other research. <laughs> Yikes. Um, so we get, like, a pretty cute interaction between Anne and Natalie, where, like, Natalie um, says, like, oh, you're my favorite person. You're my favorite person here. Um, because she's basically being kind held, of creepy. like, prisoner, right? <laughs> like, I mean, obviously she's, like, in a, she has a medical condition or a spiritual condition, but, like, her parents have checked her into this, like, situation where, like, she can't leave. She's not allowed to leave her room, even, you know, without yeah, permission. Yeah, she's, like, locked into this room. She's... I mean, they're at least ordering, like, blood tests and, like, you know, actual, like, medical, like, examinations so that they can try and treat this girl. That's yeah. kind of, like, the whole point of the psychologist's, like, uh, position at this, like, school so that she can bring some, like, modern sensibilities to some of these patients where it's like, okay, well, this person's not possessed. They just need, like, a little bit more salt in their diet. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, Which, wait, speaking yeah. of that, before you move too far away from it. Because you were talking about the things that scrolled on the screen. Isn't there something about how the nuns have to be nurses? Yeah. Yeah, that's part of the gender role. Tell me this lore. Tell me the lore of this again. So they, uh, it's, it's pretty straight up just like gender role misogyny where like nuns can't, you know, do this stuff because they can't commune with God the way, you know, the priests can. And the priests are all men. So like, you know, it is what Mm -hmm. it is like. But they like, just don't get to have that responsibility because in within the religion they they are viewed as lesser than compared to priests. Right, right. They're they're used as labor essentially, just to like be nurses to all of these victims. Right, right. Are they are they trained registered nurses? Oh, I hope. Like, or should they be administering this medication and and shots? That was, I remembered the scroll about the nuns having to be nurses. And I, then as the movie went on, I was like, oh, they're literally like, like full on nurses. Yeah. Is this like a thing? Like that you think they went to seminary for a couple weeks and then they came back and they're like, I'm ready to draw blood. Yeah. That's how it came off to me. But that's that's one of the main problems with this movie is that like it, it's trying to it, it at some point it's trying to say something about the like dynamics between yeah. like males and females both in like society and in religious roles but like at the end of the at the end of the movie they just are like, well, but we don't really actually want to say too much about that. So it's just going to be spooky from here. On. Like they, they never actually commit to having like any sort of like statement about anything. Yeah, they, they linger near the problem, <laughs> but they don't ever actually address any part of it. Sounds like someone yeah. was scared. Yeah. But so we get like this cute scene. Regardless, though, with cute scene between Natalie and Anne where, you know, Natalie is like, you're my favorite one here. Uh, and gave her like some chocolate. And it was, she was like, here's some nougat. And Natalie's like, what's nougat? Hey, you know, and she's like, uh, I don't know, actually. Because me, Matt, even nougat I nougat is not chocolate. Is. Um, Those are two separate things. Now. But uh, but it's like a cute little <laughs> scene. They they do, they the actor, the actresses like 
work well off each other. And then I think after that, it just cuts to like a, the nighttime because apparently uh, they it's weird because it seems like th- this school has dorms. But at the beginning of the movie, it seemed like Anne was commuting to the school. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's just like a different like space space on campus Maybe. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah or that was just like her no because i guess it wasn't we didn't like start this journey with her like just getting to this school did we yeah it, yeah it just she felt, walks I was like, in and she like checks in with her badge so like you see that like she's yeah so she's been there, there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah it seemed like she was commuting but i guess not because i think they like all live on campus and this is when we get our first, like, uh, like creepy stuff with Anne. She's, oh, one thing that, like, sh- Anne said was that her mom would, like, forcibly, like, comb her hair. We would, like, we get this, like, f- kind of, like, flashback scene as she, like, looks. She has the comb still in person. Which, like, why? Yeah. yeah why, do you, was, yeah. Like, why would why? you keep I would burn that dead. immediately. Like, <laughs> as soon as mother kicked the bucket, burn the freaking comb. Yeah, and, and we get brush. this like this is a brush hair length. You need you need a brush for this. This is oh, a brush. That job. too. Yeah, her hair was never made for a comb. Yeah, you do, especially brush. not that small child's hair because no, no, no. she had curly curly hair. No, that is never a comb. Yeah, we get hair. a really a really brutal scene where Anne's mom in the past like took this like fine tooth comb and just would go to fucking town on this chick's hair. And she's got some curly hair. We get some really nasty like hair ripping sound effects and Ooh, stuff. Yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty uncomfortable. Oh, and I don't know if it's now or if it's another flashback scene, but at some point you see the brush with like a shit ton of hair on it, yeah. and you're like, "Ooh, that looks like it just hurt." Ooh, yeah, coming off. <laughs> yeah, she kind of she falls out of her daydream and she's like uncomfortable, so she goes she walks over to close the window, and then, oof, she closes the window, and <gasps> another trope we get to see. The little girl, oh, and the spooky reflection. girl, and then reflection. It's like, oh no, I saw that one coming. Like this it's movie, Natalie. yeah, this movie. Not a single jump scare. This movie has it. It, it like it is earned. scary or <laughs> earned or yeah. unexpected. Everything in this movie is just like, uh huh. Yeah, no, it's not even scary, and like they don't even do a good job with like the sound design behind it. Like there isn't like, oh yeah, there's some weird you know when there's choices. like a. In, in yeah, sound you, mixing. Uh, like oh, when there's yeah. like a when there's like a jump scare, there's usually like a heightened sound of some sort, whether it's just ambient music or if it's an actual sound that's happening in the in the scene itself. But they <laughs> didn't do that. So it never felt you never got that like suspense feeling from any of the jump scares. So it always just kind of fell flat. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, <laughs> like that's they just fell flat. <laughs> that's like the perfect. Yeah, this movie just falls flat. Like every time there's like a scare or a jump scare or like anything that's supposed to be dramatic, it all just feels like the especially through the sound design that somebody was like, I want this to feel boring. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, it's so weird. She uh, so she sees the 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 patient uh, that she was attending to in the, in the reflection. She turns around. Yeah. She's obviously not there. She notices there's like a weird shadow under her door. Like there's someone standing outside of her door. So she opens <laughs> it up 
and yeah very hill house (laughs) yeah she doesn't see anyone but you can see that the patient is like deep in the in the background kind of like just poking out of a hallway but like not that deep like she's really noticeable (laughs) yeah she's so noticeable it's not like it's not like in hill house where you have to really search to find the thing that's creeping in the background yeah it's not like you have to search or like the lighting comes up a bit so you can notice the person in the background she's just really obviously there it's 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 so bad it's so not scary and it's like you could have tried just like an ounce harder and it it made it maybe would have landed. <laughs> oh, so then and, and then yeah, go on. So Anna goes uh, looking, you know, for this patient, and as she's kind of moving through the hall, she's starting to hear like voices, and she's getting like kind of paranoid and weirded out. So she goes like way down to the hallway where all the patients are staying, uh, with their super high tech doors, and <laughs> she's kind of looking around. She doesn't see anyone, but she's still hearing the voices. And then she turns around and all of a sudden the little girl is standing in the hallway with her. And it's like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, how are you out here? Like, you're not supposed to be out here. You know, you're supposed to be locked away. How did you get out of those super high tech rooms? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't. Downstairs, she kind of gets the girl back into her room and she gets her all situated. The girl gives her the little like, she's like, oh, I, I found out what nougat was. <laughs> She's like, I, I looked it up and I'm like, well, where? What, yeah. This place, like, wh- where? is there like a, a internment, like, internet cafe that, like, you all you possessed people get to go to? Again, confused on the timing. So I was like, does this girl have an iPhone, a laptop, and a tablet? Is <laughs> before that time, what is happening? Where are we? We are in Boston. You would never know because no one in here sounds no. like they're from Boston. All of oh, not a no. single <laughs> accent to be to be heard. I, no. I would have loved loved for just the word "wicked" to be thrown out <laughs> at a, a single time. Just like, come on, you gotta tell, you gotta convince me we're in Boston. A socks reference, anything, anything. If somebody no, drops think- a haba, that'd be great. <laughs> I think the issue with that, um, and this is just kind of reading into things, is. Because I was trying to look at who had done the casting. Um, For the listeners, I work in TV film casting. So I was hoping to gleam a bit more about the movie itself, the, you know, budget it had, sorts of things from, from, you know, the point of view that I have. Um, And I was like, I don't recognize this casting director even a little bit. Um, And it seems like it was all cast and probably then all shot in... The UK. Oh, yeah, totally believe it. So that's why they didn't have any people with Boston accents, um, because I was like, I don't know this casting director. And I clicked on the casting director and they have done some really big things. But it's like Downton Abbey and Primeval and things like the Lazarus Project. These are all things that cast solely out of um, out of out of the UK. So and that's why I didn't know who it was. Um, but that's probably also why they didn't really have the Boston uh, spirit. Dude, it totally makes sense because, like, I didn't even realize this was in Massachusetts until after the third viewing. <laughs> yeah, I, like when I I just watched this back to back to back, and I was like, "Where is this?" And then at the start of the third one, I was like, "Oh my, wait, this is in Boston?" <laughs> yeah, the the, yeah. the setting. 
is a nothing setting, just like this whole movie. This whole movie is just a nothing burger. <laughs> it is. <Sad. laughs> like, it, it just all adds up to nothing. The setting is nothing. The characters are nothing. The stakes are nothing. It's just a nothing burger with no ketchup. With no ketchup. It's the most plain nothing burger you can have. It's patty and bun. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, like, the... Uh, the uh, eventually, Anne, uh, she... The, the next scene, I think, that's relevant is she kind of, like, pi- pirates a... Uh, a, a class taught by father quinn she like sneaks in and sits next to like i guess some guy that Does we're she supposed sneak, to know though? that she knows uh, she kind of just walks right in she walks right in but she like kind of makes eye contact with this one guy and you're like oh i guess she knows him even yeah. though this movie has made no effort to establish any character relationships at all yep um and so she sits next to this one guy who is going to be very relevant for the rest of the movie, but you wouldn't know that because <laughs> this movie doesn't really care about anything. Um, so she sits down and Father Quinn talks about she because she there's like a he's playing like um uh, he's doing like a playback of recorded tapes from like a particularly demonic like possession uh instance it, where I mean, like the it's, person. It's- it's another trope. It's the exact same fucking thing we get in every movie where anyone's ever possessed. You have a priest in front of a classroom explaining to people mm-hmm. like, this is what a possession looks like. And then you have a found footage thing projected on a screen or on a TV where, mm-hmm. you know, some woman is strapped to something and she's screaming and there's blood coming out of somewhere. Like, it's just the fucking, <laughs> like, easiest, like, bunting at bat as far as making a movie. Yeah, uh, yep. it's it's... It's really like you, you've seen it all before. You don't even have to see. They could have like spliced in y- y- any scene from any other possession movie into this and you it would be seamless. But he's kind of emphasizing on like, oh, when you enter the room of the possessed, you're walking into the battlefield. Here's where we have our battlefield thing. The devil. Uh, oh, my God. You. Yes. Ugh. So doubt. And it's like, you. dude, you've never been. You've never you don't know nothing about battle. Yeah, he's, you know, the word of God is your most powerful weapon, is what he says. It's just like, okay. And this movie, like, he says, like, the word of God is your most powerful weapon. And this movie makes such an effort to, like, state the opposite every step of the way. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and here's the here's the thing, you know, just to, to, to pause again for a bit. Like, so... You know, n- not to uh, yuck anybody's, you know, Christian yum. <laughs> you know, like uh, if anybody who's listening to this podcast, like if you know me or if you want to know me, like I'm I, I grew up a Roman Catholic, you know, and I went to church every Sunday. I went to catechism every Tuesday, like just ugh, it, it, it just I none I can't buy any of this stuff, you know, any of this, just like we're an army and (laughs) we are, we're fighting against Satan and all this religious stuff. It's so like, none of this works this way. It's like, everyone takes it so seriously. I, I just, I can't, I can't buy it. And so I feel so like, I feel this like, uh, very extreme opposition like like my brain goes eh 
I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't connect with this character anymore. A- anytime this type of thing shows up. So mm-hmm. uh, unlike Heather, uh, I, I find myself like it's hard for me to buy into these types of movies, um, especially when the crux of it is just like you just got to believe in the power of the Lord. You know, like I can't I can't I can't buy that. That's how we're going to solve the day. I mean, especially not because if you look at the real world examples, pretty much every time you do a modern exorcism, you kill someone. If you type in exorcism Mm -hmm. to Google right now, I can pull up about 15 headlines of person dies during exorcism. We'll just stick a toe in. Yeah, toe Uh, in. Dip a toe. Dip a toe. Here's uh, May 14th, 2022. Relatives of a three-year-old girl killed in an exorcism have been arrested. Uh, 2020, Panama, seven people found dead after suspected exorcism. Uh, 2013, toddler's exorcism death, part of dark history. Like, Every single time that these people try to do this and insist that, like, oh, there's a possessed person. I don't know if you guys know this or not. Exorcism don't happen like, oh, you did an exorcism and it's over. Most exorcisms take, like, 10 plus tries, which is, like, 14 hours of, like, just insane exorcism nonsense over and over and over (laughs) for days on end. Until the person is either so exhausted that they just die, or they, they're they over it, and they're like, you know what? I feel better. The demon is gone. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I don't want to do this anymore. It's over. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> but just like, yeah. So the Father Quinn's just giving his spiel, which he'll give again and again over this course of this movie. Sounds this sounds mean, but you know what I like about them is, uh, is that they, the reason I like the movies is because first of all, I love when they, when religion is connected to anything creepy, because I just think that is fitting. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's fitting. It's creepy. It's weird. And I like exorcism movies because it shows that that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah very rarely the solution to an exorcism movie is the actual exorcism itself right right so yeah i just had to defend myself because matt made it seem like i was like holy rolling over here like oh no 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 the light of I, god I just will save you. us all i know um, no <laughs> no 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 you i just know that you you just like these types of movies i do not to I say do. that you're uh <laughs> You're like any holy roller. I know, but I I just felt like I had to defend That's why fair. I like yeah, them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry um, if I led anyone astray. No, listen. Um, I'm as much <laughs> I'm as much atheist as he is. We're um, in the same boat here. <laughs> after the class, she get she gets super interested in the exorcism like case that they're reviewing in class. So she goes down to the oh, archives, right. which is like this insane library of like catholicism it's got like 10 bajillion books there's like this huge uh like airlocked of course there's another airlocked fucking door (laughs) um there's gigantic codexes all over the place but only only the priests the male priests can go in there oh yes yes. like she can't she can't access it because god forbid a lady also there's this one like female uh like oh god that woman who like the whole movie is like Anne can't do this because she's a woman and she's got to be a nun like the rest of us and like the whole movie is they, like her being like that's unprecedented and it's like well oh whatever man 
Like, come on. Like, just like, can we just get, like, either this movie has to commit to the, like, gender subject matter of it, uh, of it all, or it has to be like, oh, we're just a scary movie, right? Like, well, it could they do both if it make... decided to do either of them. But it didn't decide to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and they tried to make that woman look the most villainous. Right? They were like, no make her look like an evil nun. Like, she had, like, red on her <laughs> habit. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, why does she look so evil? She's make just a nun. That sister, Euphemia. Euphigenia Doubtfire, yeah. Uh, but yeah. she goes down to the archives mm. to look up the the case that they were talking about in class. Uh, it turns out that it was a terminal possession, which is a, a possession in which the person has died, and uh, she can't find the the specifically when they a, a terminal possession is if they determine that it is terminal, they send them to the Vatican to die. <laughs> to, in theory, <laughs> no, be cured, but most die. of the time they die. No, 99.9% of the yeah. time true, they die. True. We do find that out. But like they if it if they decide it's a terminal case of possession, they gotta go to the Vatican. And the Vatican will sort Send it them out. all the way to the Vatican. But yeah, so sister Sister Euphemia finds her like kind of looking at all this like forbidding, you know, stuff within the archives, and she kind of uh gets together with uh what the fuck is this dude's name? The, um, the it's uh, Father Quinn. Okay, so she she summons Father Quinn, and she's kind of like, "Hey, so I noticed uh, this girl is kind of taking it upon herself to sneak into your class and uh, break all of the fucking rules that God has given us." <laughs> yeah, essentially, is that's what she says. Only men are allowed to be exorcists, and oh, she's kind of like, she, oh, well, she literally just goes, you fucking wait." <laughs> she literally goes, "Only boys can be exorcists," and then the main character goes, "Uh, yet." Like it's just <laughs> such like a like, it, it's like such like a Disney Channel, you know? <laughs> like if 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 there was like a Thursday movie and they were like, Oh, here, here's the new Disney channel original movie about a girl who wants to be an exorcist. Like, this is what the script feels like. It just comes off super goofy because essentially what it boils down to is three adults standing around where two of them are like, Hey, uh, we're, we might be, you know, nut job Catholics, but also like we girls can do anything. Right. And this woman's like, well, girls can't do everything. (laughs) Yeah. Like here's my, my thing. This movie would have felt way better if they had broadened the scope, you know, like if you had shown me, like more of the church or more of the like just more stuff like even in like if you had shown me a montage of like oh here it's 2018 and like look at all these like rampant like uh uh showings of possessions like if you'd showed me a bunch of like possessions and exorcisms gone wrong or something like this movie is like trying to tell you that like this whole thing is like worldwide and it's just like spread throughout the globe but like it's also like super like insular and like isolated yeah isolated like i need you to commit like if it's going to be this big widespread like demonic pandemic thing just do it and show me you know and then like tell me what the stakes are because 
what it, this movie boils down to is like almost no stakes and I don't feel anything at any time about anybody. <laughs> yes. I mean, you said precisely. It's, it's a nothing burger with no ketchup. What, if they were going to, if they were going to stick to the gender thing, I needed like a girl gang of nuns to do an exorcist yeah. to prove that like girls can do it too. Like, I don't need like yeah. the the chosen one. Yeah. That's yeah. why this, uh, that's why I'm telling you, and we'll get to it at the end of the movie. This movie is just, it's just a CW pilot. <laughs> So she's making her rounds and she is, you know, feeding applesauce to that creep again. Oh no, she's giving him a sponge bath. That's what it is. She's yeah, in she's bath. in the the one patient's room. She's giving him a sponge bath and all of a sudden he starts humming this like tune that her mom used to like sing to her while she was brushing her hair. So right. she starts to get creeped out and she's kind of like, yeah, she goes, "Hey, Harold, she get... uh, how do you know that <laughs> song?" This is our this is our the first taste of a, a real possession going on, showing that any of these people are actually afflicted by anything. So <laughs> she's, she's giving him a sponge bath and she's starting to like ask him these, you know, kind of like very specific questions like, how do you know that song? How, what is happening? And we see a shot of like the IV bag that is, by the way, not attached to him in any capacity, all of a sudden starts filling up with blood from the bottom as if the <laughs> IV is running backwards. Right, and it's like, oh, it's so creepy. Like, it's like, it, it, nothing in this movie is actually, like, scary. You know, it's just like what, like, somebody whose first foray into horror, foray into horror would think is scary. They also just, like, like, did she ever even notice this is happening? She like, what was notice, the point? She didn't notice the bag, but she's giving him a sponge bath, and she does kind of pull the sponge away from him, and she realizes that the water the, the burn. is steaming off of him as if he is some sort of infernal being. <laughs> also, she recognizes the song. You know, yeah. also, he, yeah, like, I mean, starts like, what dancing was the point? with her, and, like, he does, like, he, like, forces her up off her feet and, like, spins around, and he's got his, like, long demon tongue kind of, like... Oh, yeah. Swirling so around, weird. you know, and it's like, oh, a long tongue. That's scary, too. Right. Like nothing in this movie means anything. Like yeah. it's, it's just it's, like scary thing to scary thing. Like just, whatever the writers think is creepy. It's just trope to trope to trope to trope. It's not it's it, it, it's there's no like no development of anything. No. But yeah. So she's she's dancing around with this fucking possessed dude. Uh, he's like suspending her like arm and he's kind of like got her picked up off the ground and she he's spinning her around and it pretty much like cuts from that uh shot of them dancing to like security footage uh and then you see the cardinal is kind of reviewing the footage i guess he is like in in charge here but he's reviewing the footage with father quinn and sister euphremia and you know sister euphemia is kind of trying to be like see clearly like there's a problem we should we should keep her away from this for her protection and right send her back to her convent yeah and and father quinn is like well no i think we should train her because clearly like there's a connection here like this thing unprovoked by anything else other than her attacked her so like 
clearly she has some sort of thing going on. So we should train her Ugh, just, yeah. just enough, just enough to protect her. He says, nothing yeah, this formal, is get... but just to protect herself. <laughs> yeah, this is where we get another scene where, like, the 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 uh, priest is like uh, clearly this uh, this relationship she has is personal, and the nun goes, uh, "Father, all of our relationships with God are personal." <laughs> uh, and then he goes, and then he goes, "I don't mean with God, I mean with the, the devil." devil. <laughs> and it's like, oh, what a shock that he said that! Isn't that so crazy? You know, it's just like, ugh, the writing is so, like, trivial, you know? <laughs> like, it's just like, ugh, all right, fine. So funny, um, she saunters into class the next day, and the entire class And all the like, men all are just like, yeah, all the men are just like, meh. <laughs> like, it's, it's such like a, you'd think it was, like, fucking 1823 or whatever like or 1818 like the way these guys like react because it's like it's 2018 wasn't that long ago that's what i'm saying again this is why i was confused about the time the time period because i was like why are these guys acting like this but seriously these priests these like like, because it's 2018, which means, like, most of these priests, at the very least, had to have been born in 2000. And they set eyes on her, and they're like, Neh! <laughs> I don't, I don't like lady in, in exorcism you guys, class. You guys keep forgetting, we're not dealing with normal people. We're dealing with people who are so invested into the Catholic Church that they genuinely believe they are fucking superheroes fighting demons these people well, you know are sitting in a classroom learning information in order to go out into the world and exercise demons from people that's what but they that's genuinely the believe but but eric that's the problem with this movie is that this movie poses the 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 concept that like the whole world knows that there's demons around so these guys aren't pretending or or assuming that they're superheroes in theory, they are. That's true. I would agree with you if if, if any of them like stepped up with. If any, next if film. any part well, of this movie, yeah, yeah, if any part of this movie had <laughs> any sort of like implication that like the world really knew about what was going on, you know. So like you're right, but but all, uh, also it's just like I I also don't really feel that bad because the the guy who gives the biggest stink is this priest named Raymond and he gets his comeuppance later in the movie <laughs> so <laughs> uh, uh, this is our yeah. first day of class and father Quinn is like hey I hope you guys are ready we're we're going to go in and we're going to do do some do some field work we're going to go down to the <laughs> basement where we have a little girl in a glass cage and we're going to Try to exercise the demon from her. Let's take a group down and go check it out. They right. get down they get, there. Yeah, they get down there and it, it's they go like really down. Like <laughs> Yeah, they take like, like four they go or five multiple flights. They go multiple <laughs> flights of stairs and then like an industrial elevator. There's like there's like fucking <laughs> like a thousand candles between them and the next floor. It's it's crazy, and then we find out that uh, Anne is confronted with uh, the knowledge that the the person that they're going to be exercising today, like it, also just like how do you decide whose like demonic possession is like expert level and collegiate level? You know, like when do you, 
What 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 is the criteria? How do you know this? I actually like, know the, <laughs> what the criteria is if you're interested. Oh shit. No, you, you know I am. I actually do kind of want to know. Okay, Please so tell for, me. in order for the in real life, not just this movie, in order in real life for uh, <laughs> an exorcism to take place, there's a lots of steps. So the first step is someone has to uh, uh you know, bring it to the church and then the church has to then kind of flip it back to the people and go, okay, you think this person's possessed. They now have to undergo X, Y, Z, uh, medical tests to determine whether or not it's an actual possession or if it's just something medicine can fix. If medicine can't find anything, then they have to exhibit uh, a couple different traits before the Catholic church will deem it appropriate to start exorcism. So one of the first things they have to do is they have to exhibit supernaturally obtained knowledge, right? So they have to be able to know something that you would just wouldn't be able to know. You wouldn't be able to look up on your own. So like they have to have um, a specific speech pattern during their possession. So like they have to essentially talk the way that people in the Bible talk when they're possessed. Like, you can't mm. just run out and speak in tongues and assume everyone's going to believe that you're possessed. Um, there's a specific, like, uh, way that demons talk when they're possessing people that they look for. Um, the other thing is they have to uh, be able to affect someone else via their possession in a supernatural manner. Okay. And then once all of this criteria is met, they will send in an exorcist. But it's the statistics on exorcism is insane. Like one out of every 5,000 cases is determined to be a quote-unquote genuine uh, possession. And I got news. They're not posting their Ws online. These motherfuckers (laughs) are taking Ls across the globe almost every single time. When you type in uh, exorcism success stories, you get pretty much no results <laughs> what a shame what a, what a shock what a shame and what a shock what a shock well you know speaking of uh, exorcism success stories um here we go we're at the basement in this movie the the father himself uh father quinn brings uh the group the class down into this basement area where natalie is being kept uh, behind like some kind of glass windowed kind of apparatus. And uh, he asked for some volunteers. That's where uh, Father Raymond and Father Dante uh, volunteer. Uh, uh, and and herself volunteers, but everyone pretends that she's just not there. Yeah, like what did they... <laughs> <laughs> Did they even acknowledge the fact that she was like me? No, she no, shoots her hands he... up and some people give her a dirty look and she kind of like reads the room and she's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't volunteer to exercise a child on my first day. <laughs> yeah, but but she probably <laughs> should have been allowed in because these two fucking nobodies sh- go, <sighs> they like volunteer they go in and they look like they've never even <laughs> thought about what a demon is. It, it's like the Hardy Boys exorcism. It, it is. It's hilarious. It's like baby's first exorcism. Like <laughs> they've never even heard of what the devil is. Like they go in. 
and there's this funny scene where where Father Quinn is like he goes God's armor, and he like unzips oh these like God, there's like scene. this there's like this like little little like equipment pod where like every priest can go in and grab the little pouch. It's like a of- weird like neatly placed like cabinet of of suitcases <laughs> filled with crucifixes and whole it's so bad it's just like it's like (laughs) it's cringy it's like your gear up scene but the gear that they pull out is like a crucifix (laughs) a bible and like a a shawl (laughs) yeah a shawl shawl? (laughs) shawl. he might as well have been like here here's your equipment for defeating the devil it's a rock (laughs) (laughs) like like, it's like they give them fucking nothing and then he just goes go in and deal with the devil and so like these two um like priests in training father dante and father raymond they go in and it's like and the whole time Anne is like i really wish you would send me in to, to because i have a connection with natalie like why did you send these two nerds in and the whole time these are the like the least confident looking fucking exorcists <laughs> that I've I've ever seen in a movie ever. Like they like there, there's not a single part where they're like, yeah, we know what we should be doing. Like it looks like they've held a cross. It, it not even held a cross. It looks like they've this is the first time they've seen a cross. <laughs> How do I hold this? <laughs> is this two hands or is this one hand? Do I hold? Is this two a one hand, hand job or a two hand job? What do I do? Where do where do, where also, do I put it? I mean, let's so be real. Th- you know, the priests aren't prepared for like a two hand job. They're usually a one hand job kind of guy. Mm. <laughs> no, not even one a hand. hand. It's kind of like a, oh. no. It's kind of one of those. Uh, <laughs> I got it. it, it Matt's brushing past it because he doesn't want it. <laughs> it's it's a it's a uh, four four finger and thumb kind of job. Whoa, you know one of one of those one of those porn things. You know. Yikes! Um, but so the, the these two priests uh, have to deal with with Natalie. She's clearly actually possessed. You know, at this point, e- even if you hadn't already assumed that she was, you know, like it's clear now that she's possessed. But it's like all ripoffs of The Exorcist. You know, like yes. Oh my God! There's so much wannabe Reagan face in this. It's insane. Oh my God! It's like there's nothing original in this in this scene at all the cg is just like so generic like every jump scare like also every jump scare in this movie is just like oh here's a person are they possessed and then they go Bleh. you know <laughs> like yes. that's every jump scare in this movie is like is this person possessed they probably are and then they go Bleh, at the camera like that's the whole movie but and, they, and they walk in there, they start doing their prayers, they throw a little holy water on her, and she immediately crawls backwards, she crab walks backwards up into the <laughs> corner of the fucking room, and yeah, then you and get it's like, like a okay, real I've good Reagan this. face. Yeah, she does a Reagan face. Uh, but and like, then- even so, like, it, like, and I know, I know more about, like, movies and how things are made now, like, Verses in my past, but I just feel like I was like, oh yeah, they just like rewinded the tape. Oh yeah, this is just, just a thing that they did in reverse. And just it's just going that scary. backwards. 
And I just don't know if it's just because they did it poorly or if it's because I know a lot now. A little bit but of I'm both. gonna go, I'm gonna lean towards doing it poorly because everything else is done poorly in this yeah. movie. It's a so little there, bit of both. There is one like pretty cool like thing that I, I don't think I've ever seen before in a possession movie where like she she's up in the corner and she's like you know doing the eyes rolled back in her head screaming mm-hmm. at the priest thing they're both pussies so they move out of the way she hops out of the corner and she like runs over to the surveillance window it's like a two-way yes. mirror and mm-hmm. she puts her hands over her eyes oh uh, this is it yeah they're yeah. like cuts that open up on the back of her hand stigmata like style. stigmata style yeah, oh, yeah. and those like maggots like <laughs> crawl out of her hand i was like oh this is a pretty good effect though yeah she does kind of like a pale man thing where like her her the the backside of her palm yeah and it looks like eyeballs that are like crying maggots but she's smiling and you can see the smile and it's like oh that's awesome but it also feels bad because you're like but this doesn't mean anything for this movie yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> it's just to show you how sick and fucked up she is. She's, oh my, she's so possessed. Wowzers. Yeah, that's this whole movie. Every, like, cool shot that they do doesn't mean anything because it's just a thing that they thought looked cool in CGI after the fact. Yeah. Like, it, like nothing actually, there's no stakes in this movie. Oh, and let me just bring it up here now. Because uh, I, I, I was talking to Heather about it. I My big problem with these, like, demonic possession movies is that, is that there's, like, this unspoken, this weird unspoken rule that, like, if you're possessed by a demon, oh. <laughs> whatever they, they, they have complete control over your body, right? They can, oh, like, your bend anatomy, your, yeah. they can bend your body backwards. They can create holes in your hands that maggots pour out of. They can snap, they can turn your whole head around 160 degrees a dozen times. But as long as a priest exercises you, all that damage is completely healed once we're done. There's no stakes. Because as long as, like, (laughs) the priest succeeds, you're going to be okay. There's this weird healing factor that, like, anybody who's been possessed by a demon... Like, is like, it doesn't matter what happens to you because once the church saves you, you're good to go. Yeah, it's almost like propaganda or something. Yeah, it's it's so weird. (laughs) But it's so weird that even in horror movies, we still adopt that tactic because it's very evident in this movie. Because this chick and the other characters in this movie who are affected by the demons, like, are completely fine after the fact. And I'm just like, but, like, who, who... (laughs) Like, where are these rules? Uh, beats me. But yeah, so like, because like this chick, this chick has maggots pouring out of the like palms of her hands. But later, it's just like, well, no, I'm fine. I'm a little normal girl again, whatever, you know. So like, she she deals with this. Everybody's super scared. Uh, Anne, uh, she, the, the demons, this whole movie have been talking to Anne and they keep saying like, let me in, let me in. And you're like, okay, so it's clearly not just like a bunch of demons uh, of different kinds of possession. Like obviously we're dealing, dealing with like the, the plot of this movie is like, there's one demon that is targeting Anne. Yeah. But um, the, right, right. The, the class kind of goes sideways, right? So like 
Father Quinn intervenes because clearly the Hardy Boys here can't fucking bring this exorcism to a close. They're getting their shit nope. kicked in. He runs in there. <laughs> he doesn't fare much better. He gets knocked out pretty much instantly by a little, uh, little like under the uh, under the covers, like. The hands grab him from underneath the bed and like trip him. Yeah, they sweep the leg on Father Quinn and <laughs> Natalie uh, starting to like do that long face open yelling thing at Anne. Anne runs in. She grabs this tiny little Bible on the side. It's the funniest size Bible I've ever seen. Uh, she she <laughs> grabs that little, and runs in and does not use it at all. She just starts no. like coaching and kind of like talking to natalie on like a personal basis she's like hey it's okay i'm here don't worry i'm here i'm here don't worry and that doesn't <laughs> really work because natalie immediately drops to the floor and all of her hair starts funneling into her mouth to choke her and they're all like oh fuck we better do something now yeah, they have the two priests who are like nothing burgers. They like uh, go in and start just trying to like grab the hair out of her throat. Yeah, manually pull the hair out of her mouth. That's not going to work. So then they turn to the scripture and Father Quinn and uh, Anna start reading scripture and trying to exercise this this child. And they're making a little headway and the boys are pulling the hair out and all of a sudden a hand holding the hair gripping the hair like shoots out from uh natalie's mouth and lets go of the hair and retracts back into her body and everyone's like holy shit all right well we saved the girl this time that was okay not so yeah and it's it's so funny because everybody (laughs) in the movie is like huh we saved the girl but heather was like but the demon's still inside her like the hand is like that that hand was still what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, Heather was just like, but what are you talking about? The hand is still in her. Like, clearly she's not finished. But everybody else in the movie was like, yeah, we did it. Yeah. I was like, guys, there shouldn't be a demon hand inside the child if we're done. It's yeah, not- usually, usually the demon hand retracting back into the child does not signify success. No, but, but nobody out. this. That's the thing you want outside of them. Listen, this is what happens when you go to demon school in Boston. All right. Uh, apparently, <laughs> you know, you have to go to the Vatican if you, you want a higher education. But then we get a funny shot of like uh, the the these two priests and Anne just like drinking heavily. They're like taking heavy shots outside, <laughs> directly outside the building. Uh, yeah, because they're relatable. <laughs> this is what you do after a hard day's work, right? Even if you're pious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just made me think, like you know, like. Is this like is this how it works with these? No, you know, this is not how it works. No, just people. And if it's not, you know, like this is something I'd like to explore. You know, maybe this should be a CW show. <laughs> like maybe I could use you know a couple more forty minute episodes where we explore like the 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 hard drinking, hard smoking. You know, like post demon school collegiates you know that that's something i would probably be interested in (laughs) but like you know i now i'm looking at my watch and i'm like well we got about like 40 minutes left so i'm probably not going to get anything i'm interested in no no yeah so we have uh we have raymond and dante you know they they uh have a little cute little moment with her 
Uh, and then Anne, I think, goes to she she had she's going to like re- like put back all of the the uh, the like G- Jesus's armor <laughs> like uh, like <laughs> sacks. You know, yeah, she's restocking the armory. But before we leave the uh, the drinking scene, uh, Father Dante, one of the priests that failed, uh, he he picks up one of the kids' drawings like from Natalie's room. And he feels that for whatever reason, uh, it, it, it's related to his life for some reason. He's getting this feeling that, like, there's something in this right. child's drawing that's calling out to him. And it's a drawing mm-hmm. of, like, a profile shot of, like, a pregnant woman. And uh, mm-hmm. it says uh, Una Chica, which yeah. is something that the uh, that the that Natalie said while possessed to him. Mm, yes. Yes. Which, to be fair, I still don't really understand what it means, but little girl in you know like that's yeah. like that's what it translates out to pretty much like one girl, uh. But so then we we get to like you were saying she's restocking the armory <laughs> in this cellar, and uh, she turns around and she notices that there's a room with what lo- appears to be a corpse under a sheet. Oh yes, this. Scene. So she goes in, she goes to investigate. She's she's, you know, trying to build tension. It's a very slow. We get a shot of her. We get a shot of the sheet. She's moving closer. We get a shot of the sheet. We get a shot of her. She's moving closer. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this scary? A body under a sheet. Oh, how and, terrifying. Uh, she pulls back the sheet to reveal, you know, uh what appears to be her mother laying on this bed, uh like a corpse version of her mother. She's got like, you know, yeah. dead skin, fucking dead people eyes. And she's trying to get a better look at this face. And she's leaning closer and leaning closer. And then she hears a noise and there's pretty much nothing going on. And then she looks back and oh, the body is gone. <gasps> Scary. Yeah, it's true. Body's and gone. She, then we get a jump scare of, you know, her mom reaching around her head and, it's very spooky, and she wakes up, and oh, guess what? It's a bad dream. Yeah, of course. She wakes up in bed extremely distressed. She's like, oh, oh, dear. Yeah. I didn't know that that was going to be a dream at first, and I was like, well, where where the fuck did this come from? Yeah, it's super goofy, because like, nothing about the scene beforehand told you that this location would also be a place where they would just store cadavers, so like, right. what? Right. So- right? <laughs> yeah so i was like where is like, this going how extensive is this like hospital um but then hospital we get school a- <laughs> hospital school oh we get another scene where she goes to where Anne goes to visit natalie um it, there, there there is like a clear connection between the two you know natalie in the very first scene together was like you're my favorite person here you know uh they, they have like a dynamic between the two of them um i think the actor the, the actresses like play off each other really well um it's probably one of the better parts of the movie fair that's fair right like i think the relationship between these two yeah. is probably one of the better parts yeah definitely then we get like another shot with uh Anne and father quinn because like basically like the the problem with this movie is that like Anne is like always right and the the like catholic church is just always being like well we'd rather you not be right and so we're <laughs> just gonna arbitrarily come up Discredit with reasons you? for yeah. you to, to 
to to not be to not be able to do, like follow the plot. But um, so the, then we get we get uh, Father Quinn and and they're kind of like on this weird interior balcony. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like a weird place in the. In, in in this whole fucking uh the, the setting all the different settings of this movie this is one of the weirder ones because it's like one of those like all the walls are like that kind of like staccato you know like eastern european kind of like architecture and you're like are we in boston no we were not <laughs> as tried, we all found out they tried to make you feel that way and by that, I mean they didn't try anything to make you feel that way. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but uh, he he's explaining to her that pretty much like, hey, if this kid gets any worse, we're going to have to send her to the Vatican because we can't fucking deal with this. Like, this is beyond our purview. You know, it, it, we have to we have to send her there. And uh, she's like, well, that's not great. And that's pretty much that. Then we kind of get her. She's like taking notes she's like flipping through her like little notebook she's trying to figure out like what what is the connecting tissue between all of these cases like what what can i bring to the table to to kind of set myself aside from the rest of the classroom so she goes back to the the library and she's kind of flipping through uh these these little notes and uh it looks like she's like hatched a little plan with father dante because he's looking at a book and then he goes into the archives the classified stuff there's a there's a scene i i i remember thinking about this the first time we watched it there's like this scene where the movie is trying to like show you how smart this character is you know where it's like oh look she's looked through all her notes and she's finally circled something that means she's figured it out and, and it's like she, the phrase that she, she circles is just she, the, the phrase victim. that she circles. <laughs> yeah, she just circles like you know she's looking through all these notes that she's taken. And wait, wait, wait. She goes to this one line where it goes, you know, she quotes uh, Father Quinn, where it goes, "You must look past the victim," and she crosses out, "You must look past," and she like triple circles <laughs> the victim, and it's like, what, what, what I, are you? Like, this is nothing. Like, why would you... No character would actually just, like, go, like, oh, clearly this is the answer to my problem. Like, it's just so... It's so clearly, like, the 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 writers and, and like, producers of this movie being like, well, we're gonna have to highlight something so that people know what we're watching. I think my favorite one was... Um I, I I glanced this one as as I was watching it was she in quotations it said let me in and then it was like meaning and I was like what do you mean there's a let me in what do you think the meaning to let me in is <laughs> what does it mean <laughs> let me in yeah there's lots meaning? of these sort of like pseudo montage <laughs> scenes in the there's lots of these pseudo montage scenes in this like library that they have where she's like making kind of like coy eyes at the at Father Dante where they're like we're working together to like you know, get me a sneak peek at all these secret demon legislatures and stuff. And it's just like, why couldn't, like, why wouldn't anybody just be able to look at this? <laughs> she sneaks into the classified archives and she's going through, like, what looks like wannabe microfiche. 
Oh, oh yeah. And they pull the most, like, it, it is like the lamest heist scene <laughs> that you've ever watched. Because it's just like, oh, hey, one nun who watches all this important stuff. Like, uh, why don't you just, like, walk 20 minutes down the hall <laughs> let, let us just do what we need to do. And she's like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, Anne sneaks in behind her. She's, like, reviewing uh, footage of, or she's reviewing, like, articles about terminal cases of possession. And she finds that one person out of all of these people was released. So she pulls up the videotape for that uh, survivor. And it's this lady who uh it's like a video from the vatican and it's this creepy like one camera interview of this woman who's saying no i had a voice in my head i kept hearing all these voices and the demons were speaking to me and it took control of me and she talks about how she essentially abandoned her sister to be murdered she has a very well concealed prosthetic on her face that goes from her oh my like, god the, the like midpoint of her nose down to her chin and she like <laughs> plops it off and you can see that like she's cut away like a ton of flesh from her face and she blames it on how deep down she knew that she was still guilty of abandoning her sister and the demon used that to like manipulate her into damage like you know cutting her face off essentially <laughs> okay i don't buy it yeah no me either it's the goofiest <laughs> it's the goofiest fucking thing ever it's just like oh i don't see how these connect <laughs> she she's like writing down notes and she's like oh like this person felt guilt let me ah guilt and shame that's what she wrote then we get another flashback mom's busting out the comb chasing her around the house as a kid <laughs> Uh, she's like chasing her up some stairs. She grabs her, and then we we flash back to uh, the the uh, modern day where it, she's talking to her therapist, and she's like, "The demon was trying to get at me through my mother. My mother told me that it wasn't her that she wanted. She wanted me because I am a chosen warrior of God." It's like, <laughs> what? 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 What made you feel that way? I would have much Wait. rather seen that part where God comes to you in a dream and tells you you're a chosen warrior or like <laughs> anything happens that makes you believe deep within your own heart that you are one of these soldiers of God. No, I totally believe that like the mom would have said that to her, you know, because this movie does establish, you know, at least a little bit that like the mom kind of had like a twofold personality she was either very demonic or very religious For, forgive me i did take a quick bathroom break but did you talk about the like crazy cgi where the woman removes half her face i abandoned my sister also i cut my face off look at this yes yes <laughs> that's how i felt too i mean they definitely did it better in that one james bond movie that's for sure oh yes <laughs> <laughs> with Rami Malek? Yeah, I don't, yeah, way better. Yeah. I know, it was yeah. Rami Malek. What was the other No, it was, um, wasn't it, pa- was it Pedro? No, it was, um, uh, dude, he, I don't know who it is. He, he, he was, uh, he plays Anton, Anton Sugar. Anton Sugar. Oh. <laughs> also, he was in the Pirates movie. What the fuck is his name? Benicio Del Toro. Yes. 
Benicio did a great job doing the same thing. Yeah, um, I just didn't. I just didn't buy it. I didn't get the whole how it connected. Heather to wasn't each other. convinced. I just wasn't convinced. I was like, okay, she cut her nose off. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so after that, we get a couple of scenes. We we get to finish the scene with um Anne and her mom, where they kind of like uh have a little chase scene. But she she goes from that flashback essentially to running into the classroom to confront to confront father quinn she's like the mortality rates for terminal cases is over 90 percent only 10 percent of these people ever survive their terminal possessions and know, he's kind of like well, Isn't it crazy i mean it's t- like i said before it kind of matches up with the fucking results of a google search these motherfuckers can't save a single motherfucker i know it's true <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like they didn't do anything more than a Google search to make this movie. Huh. <laughs> so she, she kind of like brings this information to Father Quinn and he's kind of like, well, our faith doesn't reside in statistics. And she's like, well, uh, our results reside in statistics. <laughs> cool. It's true. She's like, well, you know, like, obviously I believe in Jesus, but like maybe we should also think about like realistic stuff. And then everybody in the movie's like, man. Like, everybody just gives her the fucking, like, stink eye the rest of the movie. And it's like, she's the only one saying anything logical here. But, like, I I gotta stick up for some of these other characters, though, because, like, literally their entire thing is we're sitting in, in like, a scholarly setting in an attempt, scholarly in quotations. You know, it's got a a (laughs) pretty hard religious bias, but they're sitting in this setting in an attempt to understand the material and figure out the best way to apply their treatment. And it, from their perspective, they have this nun who's just got like a wild hair up her ass. Who's coming in and is like, clearly <laughs> the demon is making them feel guilty and shameful. So we should do something that has something to do with that. And they're kind of like, yeah, this is fucking not news to us. We've been in-depth studying this for an entire semester and you've been here for two days no but no this movie is like not implying that they're implying that all these characters these men are just like no we're just focusing on the old worst versions of the rules from all the old dumb movies you've seen before and we're just gonna be unreasonable and we're all gonna die and we're happy about it as long as there's no women Blech. <laughs> like that's how every character in this movie is she kind of gets her her theory shit on and uh this is where father dante kind of comes to her and is like look i i hear what you're saying i understand that the rites of exorcism are flawed and they're not particularly effective <laughs> and they're stupid and dumb why don't you come save my sister? Yeah, he kind of enlists her to to save his sister. He confesses to her that like, oh, I, I, you know, my sister was was raped and she lost the baby. But ever since, she, no, she didn't lose the baby. She did. That's what he says that she. she oh, lost yeah. The baby. Is that what she says. But since she lost the baby, she's been afflicted by her possessions. And he's like, ah. you know, I, I think if you do what you did in the the basement over at my sister's place it, it, you know you might be able to help her out somehow so please come do this after hours uh exorcism with about an accumulative four hours of professional training 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Love it. So they, they, they go to the most like slums looking location that they could possibly right? find. Right. They go yep. into this hallway that is like the it's like black wood and, and and red wallpaper and it's like oh this is the demon apartments i guess like what this is the most like evil looking apartment complex anybody's ever lived in <laughs> um so then he he kind of leads her into her sister's room and sister's like passed out she looks very sweaty for someone who's sleeping uh right? they start their kind of like blessings they bless each other heather did everybody looked Everybody looked very sweaty in this scene, Heather pointed out. Yeah, everybody. I, the, maybe the air was not working in this apartment well, building because it, it was pretty well, shitty Well, yeah, they're trying, they're trying to show you that, like, oh, these people don't have money because they're not white. Right. <laughs> mm. Nothing says poor uh, beyond sweat. Kind of true. I mean, not in real life. <laughs> in movies. In movies, yeah. So, like, Anne uh, and Father Dante meet up. His sister's, like, laying in bed. Anne kind of does like a little crucifix on um, the sister's forehead. And she's like, oh, I feel a little bit better. But then like her possession kind of like turns on, turns on <laughs> uh, via the fan uh, up at the top of this room oh God, where the like fan. the fan starts going like fucking mock speed. <laughs> she starts scratching at her stomach and they pull the covers away to reveal that like there's all these like claw marks on her like abdomen and like she's mm -hmm. writhing in pain trying to like scratch at her stomach and this is another like hardcore trope i cannot tell you how many times i've seen a possession movie where like you have a woman who's pregnant and all, we all of a sudden we start getting this expanding stomach of like there's Ugh. a monster inside of her reaching and yeah. clawing out through her stomach. I'm I've like, seen it so on. many times. It's so it, I, I was like I was so bored during this scene. <laughs> but they try to yeah. perform an exorcism on this clearly not pregnant woman. And then all of a sudden her stomach expands to the size of like, you know, John and Kate plus eight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she has a whole litter in there. She's got a whole Jesus. gaggle of demons in that uh, that box. But so we get a little, a quick little snippet of a scene where the demon through um, Dante's sister's body, you know, is like, oh, Anne, like, oh, you're here. You're trying to give me an exorcism, but like, don't you feel shitty because you, you know what it's like to be pregnant when you didn't want to be. And Anne's like, <sighs> exposition. Yeah, I know. Turns out I was pregnant and I didn't want to be either. Is that enough exposition for you? And the demon's like, no, why don't you tell the viewers more about what went wrong? Uh, and and so, like, you, we find out that Anne um, had been impregnated through, uh, like, a drunken, like, kind of debaucherous period in her life. This was the and first detail of the movie that made me feel like, oh, this is set in Boston. You're telling me some 15-year-old girl <laughs> got shit-faced drunk, got a train ran yep, on her, yep. and then got pregnant and was like, oh, I don't know who the dad is. Whoops. Yeah, that is the most realistic part of the movie. I couldn't figure out who the dad is. 
Uh. <laughs> there we go. But you know what? It would have been better if she said, I got a wicked train ran on me. Like then, <laughs> then I would have like been like, oh, okay, this is Boston. If oh, Boston. Anne had like a super hardcore Boston accent, this so movie much would go better. up an entire star. Yeah. I, I would have wow. I would have been way more into this movie. Although I did like this scene where like the fan started going like rapid fire and starting to like launch fan blades across the room, you know, like they yeah. would dislodge from from the fan itself and just start slicing things. There's a point where like one of the fan blades cuts a crucifix in half. That was fun. And I was like, oh, this is like a fun little bit. But like, yeah, the whole like it uh, uh, like fake pregnancy demonic possession thing i was like eh we've seen this before like this is an interesting get over yourself movie like come up with something new right like give me give me something that i've 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 at least only seen in three movies this this is like a fucking uh, a trope like special effect that i've seen in I can at least name four. Right? Like, like, you see the little hands and the little face, little face poking through the skin, you know? It's like, all right, whatever. Spooky. Oh, it's spooky. Guys, <laughs> don't you understand? We're watching a scary movie. Like, it's just so, it's so generic, you know? But then, you know, she she starts to kind of confront her own trauma and be like, yeah, you know, I, I fucked I fucked up something. So, yeah, she's yeah, like, I, I, I fucked up. I had a baby uh, and I feel sad about it. The demon's like, don't you feel shitty about how you gave away your child? And 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 Anne is like, yeah, I do. I'm sorry. But like, you know, hey, girl who's possessed, I'm here with you. Why don't we connect that way? And so it, like, seems that to be that, like, that solves the problem. Yeah, the, the like, the, the stomach kind of deflates and, like, the possession kind of subsides. <laughs> A bunch of candles get gone. relit on the wind out of nowhere. Yeah, that doesn't... That's not <laughs> the how demon is. <laughs> the demon isn't going to put the candles back on as he leaves. <laughs> you don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be cordial and 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 give you oh, he's your cordial <laughs> candles back he's a very cordial guy the demon um i'm sorry you mean the voice the voice, the voice. sorry the voice the vo- you hear the voice <laughs> they say that the whole movie and i'm like what just say lucifer like like at least just give me a name or just call it a demon just commit if you really don't want to commit to something <laughs> no, stop commit. calling it the voice but then we have Anne out on the fire escape kind of confessing. This is where we get the flashback of her being pregnant. Uh, she gives mm-hmm. her baby away because she's like, I'm 15. I don't know how to do this. Meanwhile, right, you but have it's like the a same 30-year-old actress, too, actress and she looks, sitting yeah. in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, she does not. I, the whole time Damn I was like, try. I'm going to try. Uh, the, the minute the scene started, I was like, I'm going to try my hardest to believe that this is a 15-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> and when it ended, I was like, I tried, but I couldn't. <laughs> like, th- there's no way. There's no way they're selling me on this one. But she wraps. She had a uh, a, a, a rose. Uh, rosary. What's it called? A, what? A rosary. A rosary. A rosary. Not a <laughs> I thought he said rosemary. No, I was going to say a rosemary. Oh, I was like, I was going to say a rosemary. And I was like, no, that doesn't rosemary. sound right. <laughs> That's nothing. That's a person. A rosary is no one. 
But he kind of tries to tell her, like, hey, like, you know, if you ask God for forgiveness, he'll forgive you for giving away your 15-year-old gangbang <sighs> kid. It's no big deal. And she's like, yeah. So yeah, then again, again, that's another part of this movie where I was like, this movie doesn't seem to be, like, taking any kind of stance. No. Like, like, are you trying to, like, you know, expose the hypocrisy of the church and be like, well, you know, like, people can be saved regardless of, like, their past or not. Like, you know, nothing about this movie ever says anything about anything. (laughs) But but it has lots of different scenes that are like, oh, I think we're going to be talking about this. But then just nothing ever happens. The legs just get cut out every single time. Yeah. Every, yeah. Like, every scene, this movie, like, grows legs and they're cut out from them within 20 seconds. It's, it's, it's crazy. We get a pretty generic, gross scene of her pulling some sort of hair follicle out of her eyeball. Oh, well, oh my god, yeah. This is another example of, like, the movie just being like, isn't this spooky? Isn't this isn't this creepy? What's a creepy thing we could do? Yeah, exactly. Where they're like, oh, ha- people don't like when eye stuff happens. What if she just pulls like an entire blonde, like foot long hair out of her eye? And it's like, well, obviously, yeah, that's gonna make me uncomfortable. But like, does it mean anything? Yeah, that was the one uh, one scene I did not I. Uh... Did not look at the screen for, as I am a baby when it comes to gross things. Yeah, eyeball stuff is tough. I don't blame you. Um, Eyeballs, fingernails, teeth, count me out. Yeah, I'm, you lost I'm, me on teeth. Teeth? Uh-uh. I'm I have enough ba- teeth I'm, problems. I, I, I can I can watch I can watch teeth stuff all day long. Eyeball stuff really gets me, but I can handle it uh if there's like a reason. But this movie was just like, here's an eyeball scene for nothing. You know, they were just like, suck it up, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, I don't want to. In the midst of her gross eyeball thing, Sister Euphemia shows up and she's like, hey, Father Matthews is calling on you. She's like, oh, Mm -hmm. word. Okay. So they all get dragged into this like big dining room, meeting room kind of place. And uh, they explain that, like, oh, we have some tragic news. So apparently Dante's sister killed herself last night after uh, some things. And she's like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, Yeah. well, her mother uh, reported that you attempted an exorcism. And then she big time killed herself. So you want (laughs) to you want to own up to that at all? Yikes. And he rats her, you know, uh, Father Dante totally throws her under the bus and no, he the, doesn't, though. He says it's not her fault. He was like, it was my fault. But he does but say like it's every, true that she was there. True. Yeah, yeah. He does say that. But, like, he's like, it's not her fault. It's my fault. You know, like, I was desperate. I, You guys wouldn't help me, you know? And, and so, like, the whole, like, it, it, there, there's just, like, a large part of the movie that is just, like, why are the main characters being punished? <laughs> Like, for trying their best, you know? Um, And then it's after this where it's, like, the movie just sort of, like, would work better as a CW pilot because it was, like, oh, and here's where we 
all right, now I get where the episode ends. Uh, and second episode is where we're going to, like, get the, you know, rehabilitation arc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you the know? training arc, but, yeah. b- but then they're like, oh, <laughs> shit, we only have 15 minutes left. <laughs> well, right now, they got about 30 minutes left, and they waste most of it. Uh, <laughs> there is a really funny line that Cardinal Matthews says in the midst of this kind of, like, arraignment of her, where he's like, you thought you knew better than a church that stood for thousands of years. And it's like, Ugh. Cardinal Matthews, I don't know, I don't mean to be an atheist here, but uh, if you really want to do the math on it, it's maybe 1,500-year-old <laughs> church. <laughs> Boom, roasted. Boom, I'm just, I'm roasted. Just like, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna dunk on this girl, at least bring the right numbers to the table, man. You're a cardinal. You're supposed to know some things. But she's uh she kind of like sees herself out, and she's like, well, uh, I fucked up big time, and I think it's better if I go back to the nunnery uh and hang out with my fellow sisters at the uh, battered woman shelter, right, wherever she came from. Yeah. Right, because like we we had found out earlier that she was, you know, she had led a troubled childhood, you know, and she ended up at a convent um, before she got pregnant, you know, and had to give up her child. Um, I don't know. It was after she got pregnant. Well, well, either way, she got pregnant. She got pregnant, ended up at the convent. Gave birth, she gave up her child, but like she did end up at a convent, and so she was that's where she came from, um, before the events of the movie, you know. And so she was like, I think it's best that I just go back there. And we um, are here but, for a matter of five seconds. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's another thing about this movie is like, like she goes back to her old convent, and there's not even like a 10 second scene. <laughs> that would be like, oh, look what life is like at the old convent. You know, it's like you would imagine like they try to establish like, oh, you know, now she's back in her old life. This is what it's like. You know, let's at least give her a scene or two where she- we get a short scene with Dr. Peters where she shows up at the convent and she's like, hey, heard you got excommunicated. That sucks. Anyway. Uh, I have this fun book here for you. It's uh, it's about overcoming your trauma. Clearly, you have some. Oh issues. my god, the stupid, the stupid overcoming trauma book. Yeah. Ugh. It's 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 just like man, the the, the whole this whole movie it, it just like can never it it just can't ever pick a lane between whether it's like a pro spiritualism movie or like a pro like maybe you should question religion mm. you know like it, there, there's never it, it just never picks a stance no no it does not on anything um but uh but yeah so like we get a little scene where uh a father uh what well, what's his name father dante um shows up is like oh hey i need your help uh and then she he he pulls uh and ba- back into the she she's just like, damn, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> Here's one of those weird pacing situations because they obviously they, you know, they she essentially volunteers to excommunicate herself to this um this nunnery. And 
we have one conversation with the psychologist where she's kind of like, hey, you know, things are bad, but they could be worse. And then immediately after, Father Dante shows up, and it's like, we spend no time here. We spend zero time here. Like, what the fuck is the point of coming here? Like, you could have just kept us at the other school, maybe put her on some sort of, like, academic probation or something, but, like, the point of sending her back here to be in isolation, you don't show us any, like, moment of her being isolated or, like, you know, in any sort of reflection over, like, what she's done or the events that have transpired. Right? Because yes. immediately Dante shows up and he's like, hey, we're going to need your help because we attempted to transfer that girl to the Vatican and she like nuked the inside of a fucking uh, ambulance and lit two uh, EMS people on fire. And uh, Dude, it's not good. They show you they show you a scene and this one guy holds up a cross to her in the ambulance and it immediately lights on fire. And he's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like dude are you like not prepared even in the most like slightest bit to deal with this no it's absolutely insane the 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 people in this movie that are like supposed to be part of this like elite fucking (laughs) boston demon fighting school like are are they're they're so bad at their job yeah it's 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 like almost as if it's all bullshit and none of them actually know what the fuck they're talking about. It's almost like that. Almost. Almost. <laughs> but uh, Father Dante lets her know. He, he reports back to her that they've moved her to the catacomb holding cells. And she's like, what do you mean holding cells? And this is where we learn about sub-basement three. Um, he says it's part of the original structure. Uh, they have her totally sealed away from the rest of the academy in these, like, you know, iron prisons underneath the building. And she needs to have an exorcism. And she's like, well, why the fuck would you come tell me this? And he's like, oh, well, she gave me this. And he pulls out the rosary, and she recognizes it as the rosary that she wrapped around her baby when she gave it away. And I was like, oh, what a shock. (laughs) I couldn't possibly have seen this turn of events coming. I... Like, I was... (laughs) I was like, this movie couldn't have telegraphed this twist harder like if M. Night Shyamalan was involved (laughs) (laughs) oof the fucking twist king and turns out the daughter that she gave up all those years ago was adopted and then became possessed by a demon and that demon possession brought her into the fold of this demon exorcism well, school no the that she demon. just so happened to work at no that's not how it's the the isn't it supposed to be like it's the demon that was like affecting possessing her mother yeah so the demon that's inside of um natalie uh they put it together a little bit farther along but they, they you know they they say like oh the demon that was trying to get to Anne because Anne is, for whatever reason, a chosen warrior of God. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so she couldn't, they couldn't get to her through her mother. So they were like, okay, well, she just had a kid. Let's possess the kid and try to get Anne through the kid. 
and that demon drives the child, you know, essentially to this scenario in order to get to Anne. We have this goofy preparing for battle montage. Uh, oh there's God. like this one, there's this one shot in this montage that is clearly like their want, their wannabe exorcist ripoff shot where like you have Anne in like this cloak outside of the doorway to the building and there's like one single light over the doorway that's oh kind God, of that's illuminating so the whole scene and her back is turned to the camera and it's foggy and misty and the door opens up and there's nobody opening the door. It's so spooky. Dude, there's this scene. So, so Anne comes back to the school with, with, you know, her teammate, but she's dressed in this like dark cloak. She actually has the priest like, um, like sort of neck wear, you know, the like white and black sort of like collar, but she, she, Listen, you tell me, Eric. Does she or does she not look like like a woman who's cosplaying Rory Kinnear from Men as the priest? Oh, yeah. Mm. Kind of. She looks like Rory with with a blonde wig on. Right? Doesn't she look Weird. like Rory from Men as the priest who has the, like, split hand and he's like, let me do something creepy to you, lady. Like... That's what she looks like. I think it's a combination of the eyebrows and the complexion. To be dude, to be completely honest, I'm looking I'm at it right now you, on screen. I'm telling I, you, I dude. It. If anybody watches this movie, if you've seen Men before, if you've seen Roy Kinnear as the priest in Men, and then you watch, <laughs> you watch fucking Pray for the Devil, you see the end scene where she. <laughs> And is dressed as the priest. Like you'll be like, oh, this is just Rory from from Men. Like they look, it, it's like a woman cosplaying that character. It's <laughs> absolutely insane. So we've done all our battle prep, and now we're we're heading down to the uh, <laughs> the baptismal well. Yeah. So so basically, uh, we get like a bunch of scenes of Anne and Dante doing sort of like this preparation. Um, the 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 school has like kicked Anne and Dante out, but they're like Dante sneaks her in. She she looks like what's his face from Men. And then they they sneak themselves down into the basement where um, Natalie is being yeah where yes. Natalie is being like held by like like by chains and shit yeah oh, no, is, she's in a straight jacket yeah she's in like sub basement three I believe full straight jacket yeah um Anne and Dante get get down there um and I believe Anne has sort of like a con conversation with her. She's trying to like make contact with her because no one can else no one else can get like a rise out of Natalie at all and she right she kind of like uh drops down the crucifix and she just says her name Natalie let them leave mm-hmm. it, it, I guess like telling her like hey like don't kill all these other people right. and that that kind of gets the stir out of Natalie they're looking for her. she picks her head up and she bursts out of her straitjacket and all the lights go out. Oh my god, it's so scary. 
Ah! Oh, what a surprise. Aren't we all terrified of what this demon could possibly do? So, so terrified. Uh, we are an hour and 10 minutes into this hour and a half movie. Has anyone died? No. No. I don't um, think a single no, person has the been... sister. Uh, okay, all right, all right. Off uh, screen, off yeah. screen doesn't yes. count. Yes, it's off screen, but she is dead. We've seen the mom die also. She's she died. Dead. She is dead. Off screen, but we've seen her body on screen. The mother, yes, you're right. Just another indication of like how little stakes are involved in this movie. Yeah, right. this movie just right. mean it. This movie is just such a like I said, it's just a big fucking nothing burger. This is where Natalie starts pulling out her her force moves and she's throwing people against the wall. She's tossing <laughs> people all over the place without ever leaving the cell. She these guys are just getting forced pushed into shadows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And now everybody's skulking around sub basement three in the dark because all the lights are off and everyone's like, oh, yeah, but, 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 Anne, can't see. but Anne's got her, her supernatural powers from, her, from men. So like she, <laughs> she's, she's ready to pop out a couple of full grown dudes off her like shoulder blades. You no, know? please. No, no. So Anne like accepts she, so Anne like sort of accepts that like, the demons want her, so she is like she hugs uh, Natalie and says like, "Oh, I'm okay with you possessing me now." Um, <laughs> cheesy. And all of the demons, the, the or or the demon, because I can't tell if there's one or more demons possessing anybody in this movie. Because I don't know what the rules are. Um, but the demon possesses uh, Anne. And and suddenly uh, gets like creepy eyes and super chapped lips because ch- chapped <laughs> lips is like is like demon possession one hundred and one, right? <laughs> like it just transfers the Reagan face from Natalie to Anne, essentially. Right, right, right. Yeah. Your your lips become instantly thirty weeks chapped. <sighs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Precisely. Um and. So uh, Dante kind of like moves uh, Natalie's body, uh, I I don't know, like 30 feet away. (laughs) Like it's like it's like the the stakes in this movie feel like nothing. Right. Like none of the characters ever move far away from each other. And like the characters who are being possessed by demons, like never really feel that like (laughs) scared or dominated right like it, nope. everything just feels kind of like me yep but, but the, precisely the curse, the curse transfers and this is the first time we get to see anyone who who seems like they're actually genuinely being uh you know damaged uh as Anne kind of like uh gets knocked on the ground and then the possession really takes over she starts levitating and like her back is arched hardcore and like she mm-hmm. you can see the veins in her face and she's struggling oh, against yeah. the demon and she's getting folded like a fucking pretzel and then she like <laughs> she does a kind of forward. bavarian move yeah she like snaps forward as uh dante is telling Anne like hey you gotta go find a like hiding spot while i deal with your mom and uh <laughs> now we have <laughs> Demon possessed Anne, who is charging uh, Dante, 
and he's like got his crucifix out and he's ready to go and pretty much nothing <laughs> fucking happens and he sees that Anne is alone inside the chamber next to the baptismal well and she's so creepy oh my goodness she's so spooky oh, oh my god look at how dark her eyes are terrifying and it's just like don't you remember how scared you were when you had your mom as guardian and don't you remember how scared you were when a psychologist took over like is aren't all these words terrifying uh and then we get like a dramatic scene where like the two actresses kind of like scream at each other for for like 20 seconds (laughs) Yeah, and so she she grabs onto um, Natalie as she's trying to like help her because she's knocked out Dante, and so now Anne has Natalie by the neck and she's trying to push her into the the baptismal well, like she's gonna drown her, and then you know she kind of fights back against her with seemingly no nothing other than like her own will. And this this has an effect on her and she she's reached out through the demon to to touch uh, Anne's, you know, heart. And Anne's like, oh, my baby, this is my baby. And uh, she's that she never thought about until now. Yeah, that she never thought about a single day (laughs) until now. And so she's starting to, like, have an internal battle with a demon. There's lots of long face uh, yelling uh, and snap cracking pop of joints again just we're just doing all the hits we're playing all the fucking possession hits yeah but Uh, like so she she does this thing where she um has accepted the demon into herself so she like places a crucifix like on top of her forehead and does like a gymnastic sort of like <laughs> double over um into she like doubles over into this pit of holy water um oh, yeah her body does kind of like fold backwards slowly head first like dunking herself into the water mm-hmm. also this is not a well of holy water this is a fucking cesspool it's I, a I'm murky, con- gross pool. You're not convincing me that this, like, 1800s uh, f- well of water that's been sealed away under three basements <laughs> is nothing but a fucking pool of bacteria that would scare God into the heavens. Like, <laughs> this is where the neurovirus came from. <laughs> yeah, it looks disgusting. Like, it is murky and and wrong murky and wrong (laughs) but she essentially goes underwater floats back up and she looks like she's drowning but she's just floating face down she's totally fine she gets pulled up out of the well and throws up some fucking holy water and it's all good she makes contact eye contact with her daughter and everyone's smiling it's all happy <laughs> and then that it it's over that's it. it we go to the next morning we get a nice shot of her in her uh we get a shot of Anne in a hospital bed not dissimilar to yeah. you know where she was treating patients true because again it, 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 we have this like established lore where no matter what happens to you, if it if it involves demonic possession, like your body will be fine, whatever happens. Like as long as God goes, like okay, we're done with that tale. 
Like you, you're, the demon could like destroy every bone in your body and, and kind of like tear up your face and kind of like fl- like flay your skin. But like if they go like God says no and the demon's like, all right, I'm gone, then you're fine. Like your body will heal completely. You'll have no issues. You can just kind of go to the next episode and everyone's fine. It's it, the the rules of demonic possession in terms of like uh like bodily harm are insane and they don't make any sense. Then we have uh Natalie and her foster mom kind of like poke in and Natalie's like, "Hey, thanks for saving me." Mhm. Which, you know, pretty much amounts to nothing and she's like, "Well, I don't want to forget <laughs> you and she's like well then don't forget me then don't forget me that was like i felt like there's a lot of shade thrown there right because i don't think i don't think this movie actually states like i don't think any of these characters let each other know what the real situation is no also this is the first time we've ever seen that natalie has a mother true for some reason in my brain she was just an orphan until Mm -hmm. all of a sudden she had a mom and i was like i mean technically she is still an orphan is she? <laughs> yeah, like she she was given away by Anne, and she lives with oh, a foster I mean, mom. So it's not like her forever mom. It's just a foster. Oh, mom. that's her foster True. mom. Okay, True. so it's just like yeah. Okay, <laughs> for some reason I thought it was just her mom at the end, and I was like, oh, she has a whole family, <laughs> <laughs> and we've only ever seen this woman now. But so here's where the movie should end. Unfortunately for all of us, <laughs> it continues. Unfortunately. On. Unfortunately, they, they had a pilot to produce. <laughs> so she makes a recovery, and then we flip over to like a a meeting between uh, Cardinal Matthews, Father Quinn, and Sister Euphemia, and Anne. And this is where they all tell her, like, you know, everything that went on. We've discussed that your talents might be best placed uh, somewhere else. So we're sending you to the Vatican on a fellowship uh, geared towards... And and she's uh, so happy. Yeah, she She is is like fighting a grin the entire time. They're like, you know, we're waging a war. This is an unprecedented honor is what Sister Euphemia says. Oh, yes. She kind of just knowingly looks at her like, yeah, I know, bitch. (laughs) But then she leaves. She's, you know got all her shit packed up and uh she goes out and stares at the statue one last time and father quinn <laughs> she really gives does her some parting advice and he's like you know just so you know be careful out there you've met the <laughs> devil and you know who he is and he knows who you are now and they do this weird like bit about like well you're not really the first female exorcist there was actually this saint who was a female exorcist and she's right, like, well, I'm the right. first one in seven <laughs> millennia, so like, I'll take it. Right, and it's like, that would have been that would have been interesting if that was the point of the movie, but it's not. Yeah, like if we had talked about this other female exorcist at any point, it would have been like <laughs> infinitely more interesting. Mm-hmm. But this movie doesn't have any like like there, there's no. It has no guidance. This movie just doesn't know what it wants to say about anything. But then she's, you know, she gets in a cab and she's moving her way downtown through Boston and, uh... Moving her way downtown. 
<laughs> she like the car like stops mid turn through an intersection and she looks out the window and she's kind of scanning the crowd just looking around and uh they're stuck in traffic and then we see a ominous spooky figure in in the i'd say middle distance halfway down the block who's like staring mm-hmm. at her in the car yeah. and she's kind of looking around she looks back and she's like oh this lady is still staring at me how creepy isn't that weird and they kind of locked eyes <laughs> we have a slow zoom on Anne, and then uh i think it cuts to uh inside the cab the the cabbie is kind of like looking down he looks a little distracted and she's starting to get a little tense she's feeling something weird uh all the doors lock and she looks up and that creepy old lady is standing outside the window and her eyes are rolled back in her head Ooh, how spooky <laughs> Meanwhile, that could be, like, any homeless woman in Boston, like, totally reasonable. True. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. Seriously. But she spins around, and now in the back seat, the cab driver is there, and she grabs <laughs> a crucifix and holds it up. Like, she's ready to fight, and we get the right. same fucking trope that we've had the entire time, where you see a possessed person, he goes, Rack! Yep. <laughs> and it's like, tune in for next episode of... No, uh, and, <laughs> no, but you missed my favorite part of that, part of that end, um... That literally left Matt and I just like laughing at the end of the movie, which was she just picks up a crucifix and holds it at the cab driver. Straight arm, right? Like she just like stiff arms a crucifix at this cab driver in the backseat. Oh my God. It's the most, it's the most like generic ending I've ever seen to a movie. It happened. And then, you know, the credits rolled and Matt and I just went, it was just absurd yeah what's awful is that this is primed for a sequel and it made a decent amount of money as a pg-13 like so we the thing is like we never get a sequel to like i'd say 90 percent of these possession movies uh with the outliers of like uh um haunting in connecticut has a sequel about georgia um and then i think there's one other really bad exorcism movie that has a sequel um but either way uh statistically we are likely to never see this property again but (laughs) just based on how much money it made i am terrified of the reality that we live in where we very well might get a pray for the devil too oh no this is Pro- probably after cocaine bear. Oh god. Oh, that's upsetting. Really upsetting. But yeah, that was uh that's pray for the devil. A fucking wet fart of a possession to be. <laughs> um but yeah. Yikes. <laughs> so Yikes so that's indeed. pray for the devil, but uh let's go to some last cuts, right? Uh what 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 do we have any things we've been dialed into uh, in the horror sphere? You know, oh, don't get we me fucking talk started, about? man. My God. Uh, stay tuned. We will be doing a review of Skidamarink. We'll be doing a breakdown of that <laughs> in some form in Ooh. the future. Uh, unfortunately, Whenever it becomes available. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was the only one who was able to see it in theaters. Um, yeah. But I have probably five and a half hours worth of things to say about that movie uh it was the i i I mean i think 
it's insane to say it at the be very first month of the year, but I don't see how any other movie is going to take that out of the number, like one no. spot for horror movies mm. this year in 2023. Sure. Um, yeah. Good luck to Maxine. Uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> But stay tuned. Wow. We'll be doing a review on that in the near future once Matt gets to see it. Yeah. What about you guys? You want me to go? Uh, yeah, sure. Heather, you're the guest. You're the guest here. While uh, while doing this, while being on the IMDb page for Pray for the Devil, um, I had seen a most anticipated new TV series ziz of 2023, and saw that uh, Mike Flanagan's new Fall of the House of Usher is coming out this year, and that I am very excited for. Ooh. Do we have a date on that? No date just yet. Um, but the uh, whole cast list is up here. A lot of returning favorites, obviously. Um, Mark Hamill will be in it. <gasps> um, all eight episodes. So oh. that's exciting. Um, but Zach Guilford's coming back. Kate Siegel, obviously. Um, Henry Thomas, who plays the dad in Hill House. Um, Carla Gugino, I don't want to say it wrong. Um, uh, and Raul Coley. Um, oh, dude. He's all so returning good. people. Um, oh, Samantha Sloan, um, who plays the um, very devout woman in mm-hmm. Midnight Mass. Forget her name. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of returning faces, but um, excited to see Mark Hamill in the mix here. Um, that's an interesting one. So, um, yeah, no date yet, but. Uh, a lot more information than I've seen so far about it. So, um, what I'm excited for. Very fun. What about you, Matt? So, my final cut is we, me and Heather just watched last night, we watched the uh, first episode of The Last of Us, the HBO series based off of the uh, Naughty Dog uh, PlayStation video game series. And I, you know, uh, I, I don't... I would say that the 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 game series counts as survival horror, but like it's it, it it's more of an like an emotional journey than a like horror journey. Like it's not like playing you know uh the you know like Resident Evil or something like where I beg to differ. Those clickers are <laughs> terrifying. Um, like it it the, the game series is. I would say less scary than it is more of like a drama. Um, but like it, it, it's still definitely a scary concept. Uh, and we watched the first episode of the, of the new series on HBO and it is actually scary. Like it does a really good job of portraying the like sort of like fungal infection, like as a like legitimate like terrifying threat you know like there's parts where they um show the zombies uh and there's like these creepy little like fungal like spore things coming out of their mouth and it looks like it just like looks nasty and but more than anything the very first episode does a good job of like making you feel that eerie for anybody who uh grew up during like like when 9-11 happened you know there's like that sort of like ominous like calm that like you know like envelops the the whole country you know when something actually bad really happens yeah and this is you know this is set in 2003 so 
it's before smartphones and everything like that. So it did feel very like, you know, Matt was saying like, they're really conveying this, this like, you have no idea what the fuck is going on type of feeling that you would have in, in a, you know, in a situation like this as a young child, because it is through the eyes of a young child, the beginning of the, the episode. Um, And I was like, he was like, it feels, you know, like I, it feels kind of like, you know, like I can relate to it. And I was like, that's because you lived through it. I was like, this is this is how we all felt when 9-11 happened, because we were so young and we were just getting pulled out of school and we had no idea what was going on. And like the news was freaking out and there were planes everywhere. So like they nailed that. Yeah, they did. They do a really good job of just like portraying the unsettling feeling of like what it like what life is like when the the world is being destabilized, you know? I'm very uh, interested and, in watching because I did not play the games at all, and uh, I am told they're, mm, you know, super duper good. Oh, they're so good. Watch it. Watch it. It's so worth it. Like, yeah, I was... I was more frightened by that than the compelling movie we watched beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, we watched this fucking... <laughs> <laughs> we watched Pray for the Devil. She was like, eh. Then we watched The Last of Us, and she was like, oh, shit, this show's good. Yeah, like, I was, like, physically tense. Like, I was on the couch next to Matt, and Miro was on the other side of our dog. Miro was on the other side of me. And I, like, was gripping both Matt's arm and the dog's fur with, like, fervor because <laughs> I was tense. Yeah, so... Freaky. Uh, See, if you guys want to check out like a cool, spooky uh, apocalypse story, go check out The Last of Us. That's that's my uh, final cut of the week. But uh, but yeah, so there there you go. There's our review and our recap of Pray for the Devil. Uh, You know, give it a watch if you want. You know, don't let us stop you. I don't think we have anything picked out for our next episode just yet, but uh, I think it's time to steer away from the PG-13 pool <laughs> and head towards the adults. Yeah, one. yeah, we've definitely done a couple PG-13s now, and I want to, I want to get a little, a little uh, more adult with our selection. So I know I, heading I, into I, the rest of the month, we have what? Knock the cabin door. We have Outwaters. We could oh. check out. Oh, yeah. Uh, Blood and Honey's coming out this month, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Blood and Honey. So we got we got lots of interesting new releases on the horizon. Um, I I think they'll be more than enough to keep us occupied oh, heading into February. Sure. Yeah. I will say now, though, I'm going to advocate very, very hard for a My Bloody Valentine episode sometime next month oh 100 percent. i'm with you fantastic so keep yeah yeah so keep keep that in your uh minds and hearts listeners but uh as always thank you for listening and we'll uh we'll we'll catch you next time 